Hello, everyone, and welcome to Diphoria Hotline League. It's the Magic the Gathering podcast. <laughs> they're they're going to love that. I they're going to love when you just throw that brand in there. I just want to point out that the very first thing, I neither Dracos or I were the first people to say Magic the Gathering at the start of the show. You've only been talking about it 30 minutes pre-show. You can't prove that in you've the VOD. You've been here for like five minutes. All right. Anyway, uh, so we are in an undisclosed location in the greater London area. And it's me and my constant co-host, Mark Zarin. How's it going, Mark? It's going pretty good. Just finished casting uh, G2 versus PSG with this man. And eating Italian food. Yeah, then we went on a dinner date, shared a bottle of wine. So we're 100% stone sober. Yeah. Great. Looser than PSG early games. Jesus. (laughs) Here we are. Uh, This is what we're doing. You should mention that's that's non-alcoholic kombucha. That is a non-alcoholic kombucha. I just like kombucha. Just just a, we have a new sponsor that we're announcing for the show, but I don't want to give them the wrong impression. Not a bunch of alcoholics? Yeah. We're not. All right. So uh, first off, shout out to our sponsors as always. Alienware is here with us, but for MSI coming in, and this they're covering uh, covering a lot of my MSI coverage. We have OnePlus joining us. We'll talk more about them later, but they're. Uh, a MSI partner sponsor and they decided to come in and uh, sponsor my stuff too. We're going to be doing giveaways for tickets and all sorts of cool stuff, uh, a phone, etc. over the course of MSI. So we'll talk about them in the ad break, but thank you to OnePlus and Alienware for sponsoring the show. Our guest this week is none other than Dracos. How's it going Dracos? I'm doing pretty well. It's been a very one-sided tournament thus far. Yes. But I'm excited that there's a new format, and we're kind of, I think, going to learn the positive and negatives of it as we go through. But got a cast with Mark today, which I don't normally get to do. So, yeah, I'm having a, a good time. When did you get... I didn't even know you were in until, like, last night or something. I got in yesterday. So since okay. I live in Berlin, they literally fly me in, like, the the day before. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and what have you thought of the show and everything so far? I mean, there were hiccups on day one. I think like people notice technical issues, but I'm impressed with how quickly like the team turned them around. I think in general, the struggle of plans, like the immortal struggle of plans, is finding the line between being like really honest and authentic about expectations for teams, especially from like smaller regions, um, without being disrespectful to them. And I think that that's like still tricky because it's like. I just like the example from the desk and this is no shade to anyone on the desk, but it's like when we talk about G2, we talk about, ah, you know, they're struggling domestically and we're much more critical of them because they're a team that we're very intimately familiar with. And then because maybe because we're overcautious about being disrespectful to their opponents, we're like, they're the best team in their region. Here's the list of accolades. And it's like, well, what are the predictions? Oh, G2 are going to smash them. And it's like the coverage doesn't quite line up. You know what I mean? And I think that's like, that's something that I think, you know, it's an ongoing challenge. Well, I mean, how much are you guys gun shy? Because I remember back in maybe it was like 2019, there was just like, especially the EU casters, but I feel like the Western casters in general all and analysts just got slammed for being super biased. I'm not really gun. I'm not. The thing is, is like, I just don't want to punch down. It, it's hard because it's like, what's the line between being really honest again? Like saying this team is probably not going to go far. You know, and I think no one's going to be like, these guys are shit because I think that's unfair to them and the effort that they put in. But yeah, you want to celebrate their achievements because for them, this is the achievement. Like, making it here is a really big deal. Yeah, like, what was it? BLG versus R7? Like, we all know BLG's going to win that. 100%. R7 versus GAM, closer matchup. Could we save some of the hype building for when it's closer, you know? Like, I think that's kind of what you're saying in the sense that, like, it's cool to tell the stories of certain people uh, and the struggles that they might have gone through, but then to, like, hype that as a, like, competitive matchup. Or, like... 
matchup of the series, Bin versus Bong. <laughs> like, yeah. That was actually a pretty close one, though, to be fair. It didn't turn out to be that way, but... Yeah. And that's, like, that's the thing that I think is important to understand is that it's, for me, people really want teams to be celebrated above all, and I think teams should be celebrated for sure, but I think that sometimes people want to go too far and they want to overpraise teams because it, it really... You can shoot a, a story, like, in the foot before it even takes off because, like, if R7 do win that, the thing people should remember is that, like, no one believed R7 would win this. Not that, like, R7 are this great team who dominated their region. Because otherwise, you're, like, undermining the achievement before it even happens. Yeah, that stuff drives me crazy. People will do it also in retrospect, too, where they're like, oh, all these people were so down on this oh, team or whatever. Oh, Deft was always supposed to win yeah. Worlds, you idiots. And it's like, like, you're you ruining the story. Yes. Shut up. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like, no, this is not a thing. And now, like... It's yeah. It just drives people me just crazy. want John Wick. John Wick was always a badass, guys. He never struggled. That's that's the story I want. I want yeah. everything to be John Wick. He was always great. He never struggled. I don't know. All right. Anyway, Mark, how you been? Pretty good. Speaking of John Wick, I saw it. Did we talk about this last time before I flew out? I think so. Yeah. Oh, you okay, said you, you were down on it or something. I think right. Yeah, I think I, I was more pessimistic on John Wick than anyone else. I played yes. Mage Seeker. I haven't given my honest thoughts on Mage Seeker anywhere yet since it, I've just been on broadcast. Yeah. Pretty mid, gotta uh, say. Gotta say, pretty pretty mid. Was not a huge fan. I've been a fan of many of the Riot Forge games I've tried so far. Hopefully, Convergence is better. But well, there's only been two so far, right? Is it uh, just two? No, there's the Zig's Rhythm game. I never. Oh played. yeah, Zig's, I never Zig's played Rhythm. that. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't appeal to me. So you just played the two then? I played the two. Yeah. yeah. Rune King and yeah, the other one. I I liked Rune King for the record. I thought it was like well done. I just like those kind of games in general. I get bored of very quickly. I just doesn't appeal to me in the same way. And I thought. Mage Seeker was really buggy for me. I loved the boss fights. I thought the boss fights were sick, but like, sadly, it was like chock full of issues when I played it, which undermined the experience a bit. Well, rip. Yeah, I just felt like it wasn't very deep in terms of like, there weren't many RPG systems. Like the upgrades you got, just felt like you were eventually going to get them no matter what. I got them very quickly, and I realized I'm only six percent of the way done. And my character's like maxed out basically. Uh, I can like uh, unlock a couple more spells that I'm never going to use, so that feels useless. Uh, the base building is like kind of on rails; you don't really do anything with it. Like it just happens. Mm. It just doesn't feel like there's quite enough depth for me. And the the Rune King one, it was a similar thing where I was like, "Ooh, I can't wait to choose my party," and it's like you don't really get to. It's kind of more like Final Fantasy. Yeah. Some of the earlier ones were like you just get the party they give you, and like, oh, you like that Dragoon character? He's dead now. He's out of your party. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I really liked Kane. I guess I don't get to use him now. Yeah. Well. Uh, my past couple days have been really fun. How much should I get into it, Mark? Tell them about all the. How many times did you throw up or shit yourself over in that oh. twenty-four hour window? I was actually ready for this to turn into either a Magic the Gatherings like tangent and or a one plus tangent. I thought we were setting up for the sponsor shout out. No, I thought it was hundred percent about the food poisoning. <laughs> Definitely about. So I don't know if it was food poisoning at this point in time because apparently Broken Blade also had it. And then... And he doesn't eat, so it couldn't yeah. be food poisoning. Yeah. He, it was no, definitely food poisoning. No, no, no. I mean, Cass also had it. There's a bunch of people who ate at a bunch of different places and are yeah. in different hotels and are all experiencing the same thing. Um, it's the water. It's yeah. I've been British. anti-London water for a while. I swear to God, this one bottle of water is tinged. It has a hue to it. My man saw one bottle of water it's in the venue that looked murky, and he was like, "We're, we're going to die. Brand. It's all the same brand. has this like murky hue tinge to it. And yeah. It tastes bad. It tastes bad. I drink any kind of water. Tap water, still water, sparkling water. This is the first time I've actively avoided it. Like, I drink Dasani. Yeah, I was going to ask if you drink Dasani. Cause I, drink, I drink Dasani no problem. I drink this, and I was like, I don't feel good. Yeah. All right, so... 
no, here's what happened. So I, I started to feel kind of bad on Monday night as I was going to sleep. And then I woke up and was feeling kind of shitty. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I feel like kind of under the weather. I don't know what it is or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't have an interview for the first game. So I'll just wait or the first match. I'll just wait. And then I'm like feeling so bad. And so I messaged them and I'm like, yeah, I can't make it to the Broken Blade interview, which I found out later on. We both canceled on each other because he was getting sick before his game at the exact same moment I was getting sick. So then I go and puke in in the this room and then I just don't stop forever and I can't hold down any water and I'm just getting more and more dehydrated. Things are getting very spooky um, and then eventually it gets to the point where like I don't know if it was dehydration or what, but like I started going numb in my hands and my feet a little bit, especially in my hands. I'm just like alone in my room and I'm like, this is really weird. So I call... Twitter tells me to call 111, which I guess in the UK, do you know this, Dracos? No. Yeah, so in the UK, you can call 111, which is like their non-emergency medical situation, which is really smart. Like in the US, it's very binary. It's either like you're dying or- Are you ready to pay? Are you ready to pay $5,000 for an ambulance? Because if not, you're fine, bucko. Yeah, And so I call 111 and it's just like the the- there's a pretty long wait or whatever, but then they're like, okay, you know, this is before I started feeling like I was like losing feeling in my hands. And, um, and they were like, yeah, okay, we're going to have like a local medical service contact you, but we're trying to find one that can help you. Cause I think it was just cause like I'm not British. And so they're probably trying to figure out like, okay, this guy's situation is unique. So, um, time goes on. And then like 20 minutes later, something is when I start to lose like feeling in my hands and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of scary because I'm alone in the room. And if I lose mobility, like I can't call anybody. I can't do anything. Like how will you play magic? Yeah. How will I play magic again? I'm not the one bringing it up, Mark. Yeah. And, um, and so I call the front desk. And I'm like, Hey, can you guys call like medical services or something? Because, this is kind of spooky. And so they, they call, I've never had like an ambulance come or anything like that. And then the, I won't say the hotel that we're at. I wish I could, because these people were so nice. Mark could attest to this. I eventually hit up Mark. I was like, Mark, can you come? Because like, we're waiting for the emergency services. And he's like, I want to go get dinner. I got stuff to do. I do not want to be hanging out with you. The, these women from the front desk just hung out in my room as I was suffering for like two hours waiting for the, the ambulance folks to come. Um, eventually they show up I, the whole time. I'm just like still vomiting. Can't keep water down. It's like really, really bad. Um, and then the, the NHS people come in and they're like, okay, it's too hot in here. You need to like not be underneath these blankets. They turn the AC down a ton. They're like, they do all these tests on me. They're like, we could take you to the hospital, but you're going to be sitting there for like two hours. And like, here's like the medicine that your friend can go get you. And so they're like, you can come if you want, or you can just like stick it out. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to go to a hospital all by myself and just be sitting there for multiple hours. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to rough it out and see how this goes. And so then Mark went to a nearby pharmacy and got me some stuff. Uh, paracetamol is the name of British acetaminophen, I learned. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that was my, my really fun Tuesday. And then yesterday I was just like recovering from the really bad Tuesday. So... It was like the where I've had food poisoning and stomach flu before. Nothing was ever as bad as this. This was really fucking bad. Um, so yeah, that was my first couple days here. 
Damn. I was kind of... I'm glad that the story ended with Mark going to the pharmacy to get you medication. That's a real redemption arc. Because it would have looked real bad if he was like the doctor that came to my room after the four hour wait said your friend can pick this up for you and you're like nah man i was at dinner uh (laughs) i went went twice to be to be clear i went i went out twice first travis was like can you get me something to drink or eat and i went to the the store i guess that's not how i sound they don't have gatorade or water or uh saltines which is what travis asked for so like i guess gatorade's not a thing in london because i went to two places yeah lucas ate which i have some over there and that stuff is terrible it's so carbonated. I I looked I saw that there and I looked at it and I was like, this is not Gatorade in the sense that like it will help you. So I didn't, yeah. I saw that and I didn't even get it because I knew it wasn't gonna help. Yeah. So then I got orange juice and something else the first time. You're like, I can't have this. Okay. So then I was like, all to right. To be clear, I'm vomiting like crazy and he wants me to pour very acidic orange juice. Again, I appreciate it. But don't cast me as like this whiny well, baby. So then I, I sat in your room for 30 more minutes. And then the women who were very nice were like, oh, by the way, the ambulance is another hour away. And I was like, uh, so I'm not just going to like sit in your room for an hour. I'm going to go get dinner. So then I went and got dinner. And basically the minute I finished dinner, Travis is like, can you go get me these drugs? So to be I w- clear, I have a I this is this is what's happening. The NHS people are like, can your friend get you this stuff? And the the women that are up here from the hotel are like, yeah, your friend can get you this stuff. Right. And I literally said to them, we'll see how lazy he's going to be. As I sent Mark, this and immediately list. when you send that, I'm like, sure, I'll get it. But like, I literally came up, I went to get you stuff, went up to your room, sat there for 30 minutes, barely ate my dinner. And before I was almost like done, you're like, by the way, go out again and get me some new shit. I was shit. like, can you, which I did, some which I did. Can we talk about the fact that for 10 minutes before the podcast, we talked about magic and Mark, lost his shit and now i have to sit here playing couples therapist for you two about this fucking food poisoning story I, the moral I'm, just of the saying, is- I'm just saying i said i worked all day went to a meeting and before i even ate tried to take care of travis then ate and then went back to taking care of travis i spent two hours on travis that night you don't appreciate yeah. anything i do Literally, for you just you take you take me for granted like that just so you all know i appreciate what mark did but just know that you ever if you're ever in a bed with like medical services around you and you need Mark to go to the pharmacy, he will do it for you and then just make your call you a whiny baby and, and act like a jerk afterwards. That's because what I would have done in your situation is I would have just tanked it. You you either die or you recover. One of the two. Ugh. All right. All right. And then don't don't inconvenience other people. That's yeah. that's my motto. Yeah. Animals just Sorry. crawl under the porch and die. I'm sorry for inconveniencing okay. you. <laughs> Take yourself out back and shoot yourself. God damn it. I don't have time for that. Okay, let's not this. In game. In game. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. Talking about like a cow doing it. You know? not, not, not Trav. Let's talk about what's actually happening, which is MSI. <laughs> uh, okay, first off, I mean, I know we'll get some calls about it, but like, Dracos, were you on board with the like, Golden Guardians is going to be worse than a wild card team thing? Because it was Mark and I were talking about this, and I saw Mark's tweet about it. Where. Like, all these people were like, yeah, Golden Guardian's going to lose to Gam, and they just suck and all this stuff. And then, obviously, that's not what's happened. No, I, I'll say that I wasn't super on board. And to be fair, I wouldn't have ever have, like, stated anything that strongly just because, like, I would roast them if they lost because NA lol. But I would never, like, come in saying they weren't. I wouldn't come in with a strong opinion because I didn't watch that much Golden Guardians. What I watched was, like, I was really excited about Gory. Mm-hmm. because um, right after I watched Caps absolutely sprinted on Cassante mid, I watched NA, and, like, Gory was popping off on Cassante mid, and I was like, damn, that's rare. Like, rarely do I see Caps running, and then I got to watch a mid laner playing in NA, like, really, 
really pop off. So I was I was pretty excited. I also like I remember Stick Save like nostalgia wise from the CLG era, and I was like really excited to see him back on top, and I liked their story. So while I didn't watch a lot of games, I was optimistic, and I think that in general, like expecting NA to be worse than any emerging region team was like rare and also like weird because i like i don't want to say i love that you still call them emerging regions what am i supposed to call them uh wild cards i don't know i do what do you want they need to they should formalize they should formalize i thought it was emerging regions is it minor regions i thought they went back to minor but it can't be minor i mean dude they've how long does it take to yeah they're out of the cocoon and i'm gonna tell you right now they came out of the cocoon swinging uh vcs back in the day and it has not gone uphill since then. So I think that they like unemerged. people clowning on Golden Guardians, it's they, like they regress. They're regressing regions. I don't know. I think, actually, maybe NA fits in that too. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I was like I didn't I didn't know what to expect from them honestly because I just didn't watch enough. But I was never like oh like I didn't expect them to beat BLG in any world. And even if I had watched games, I'd be surprised if that was my expectation. Just because BLG come from a region that's so stacked and so strong. But yeah. like I don't know. I think people just like to. It's the same thing with Mad Lions. Like, if Mad Lions had come as our second seed, people would have been like, they're going to lose to NA. They're going to drop a million games, blah, bitty, blah. It's just when you don't send a team that's had, like, historic international success or domestically hasn't been very successful, people are just, like, ready to jump on the hate train. I also feel like people just hate NA and just honestly think we're bad. And, like, there's a funny tweet or a Reddit comment that had the image of, like, NA smashes teams at MSI, all the minor region teams at MSI, goes to Worlds. Oh, I think this is NA's year. Gets smashed at Worlds. Oh, NA sucks again. Predict against NA, against minor regions at MSI, smash them. Oh, MSI, NA is good again. It's just this yeah, per- yeah. perpetual cycle. It's like, we have never been bad versus minor region teams. There's like the Pentanet year, which is like fair enough, but like we always shit on the minor regions. And like we are so much closer to the major regions than the minors. And people somehow constantly forget that. And I feel like. It's honestly a little insulting and it, it annoys me when I see this. And like, I love Molecule and I love a lot of the people on his like little panel that he showed the power rankings for. Yeah. But like, Golden Guardians is 12th and like 10th through 12th by everyone. And people have like DFM and GAM and like the PCS with, you know, like PSG talent above them. And I'm like, you're all fucking trolling. You're actually all trolling. Like, Golden Guardians is not worse than any of these teams. And like, maybe we'll lose to PCS and I'll be eating my words in like another day or two. But at the very least, so far, it looks like trolling to have said that because we absolutely dicked GAM down. And then we're the only series to go to three games so far by beating BLG, who people are like, Dark Horse tournament favorites, maybe? Maybe they're one of the teams that can win the tournament. Like, they just fucking lost a game to Golden Guardians, guys. Shut up. Like, we're so much closer to the major region teams than we are to the minor region teams and anytime someone power ranks any na team below them you are actually trolling and so like i know this is strong language but like i felt this way and even raz like i'll throw him out there too it's like people to go on the shit list of like just na doubters for no reason it's like maybe pcs is better and it's like no they've like they they like once in a blue moon and like the flash wolves of old from like six years ago fair enough but like live in the modern fucking era like pcs hasn't done shit in years been poached into oblivion like all their best players playing yeah, the LPL. It's, it's not a shot it's, it's not a shot at the region i'm just saying like what's happened in in recent years just well look. and like look like historically they're a super top heavy region and like they have had decent international placements but also people need to let go of their expectations for international placements because we don't play best of one anymore like that's the big thing we play best of three into best of five now at msi and it's like 
it does like if you want to use that against NA or EU, you can because I think it very likely means that like our deep tournament runs will basically be decided on if we can draw each other and beat the shit out of each other because I don't know if we can beat LCK or LPL teams, but it's like Gam taking best of ones against other teams in their best year does not equate to that. Like that team might not have ever been able to win a best of three because they were incredibly like you can call it cheese, you can call it unique styles or whatever, but like that data pool and that data set is not super relevant anymore anyway. So it's kind of annoying that you're like, based on their regional dominance and cross-region comparison to shit anyway, and they're like historic success. Yeah, but it's like historic success and best of one. And now you're playing best of three. And even then, historic success is like a couple times over the history that happened. It's not like consistently shitting on us. Um, And so like to that point, you know, like of course anything can happen, maybe you know they bounce back and psg beats na and golden gardens doesn't get out that can happen people can rub it in my face then but like it's the same way that like i'm not predicting na to go beat any of the lpl or lec or uh, lck teams and even lec should be favored against us it's like just based off history that's what you should expect and i i I think like the the dogging on na is just the the only reason it doesn't make people look as bad as it should when they say these ridiculous predictions that then prove wrong constantly again and again is because NA is not like doesn't have the, the the viewer base really to fight back and punch back like we are the smallest of the major regions in terms of interest so when people predict against us it's always like haha oh well didn't turn out that way and then when they predict right when we do end up having these colossal failures because to be fair we have had colossal failures then it's just a punching bag of haha look how dumb we are but then when they're wrong no one ever punches back because there's just like not enough weight behind the fist yeah, I feel like I've uh, in a very privileged position as an LEC rep, especially in like the era of G2 doing very well internationally, that like winning just does so much for you internationally in terms of your perception of how strong your region is. And like our region could be absolutely shit internationally. And like we haven't been doing great, to be fair. We've still been doing okay. But like we're we're going to have to be shit for like five years before people will be like, that happened in 2019. It's time to let it go. <laughs> and I'm still holding on to it. You know what I mean? And so when NA like bombed consistently, like if you guys just win an international tournament, it'll be like, oh, shit, they're good. Now it's like instantly flips the script. And you don't have to look critically if you can just like hold on to like past success or big high glory moments. The other thing to say is, as people are saying in chat, it's EU has lost to more minor region teams than NA has in in history. You kind of have to include Mad Lions as a fourth seed, whereas NA has never sent a fourth seed. So if we're being fair, it's not 100% a fair comparison. But yeah, NA has historically done better against minor regions. There's been some very big failures, like the Pentanet C9 years, or like people are bringing up Flying Oysters beating 100 Thieves last year in a best of one. It's like, cool, 100 Thieves were playing like fucking cowards and they lost that that game. But like, there's, again, to your point about the best of one thing, it's it's not like if you played a best of five of CFO versus 100 Thieves, 100 Thieves would lose that series. And I think the thing is, just for most people, it's just they want to make the big, simple, sweeping conclusion because it's like, okay, is NA bad or was 100 Thieves bad? You know what I mean? And like, you always want to conflate it down to like the simplest version of the story, which is this region is bad. And that's just the easiest story to tell. You don't have to go into the nitty gritty. It's not just the most easy. It's also the most exciting when you're in Twitch chat and you're trying to fire off it. No, guys, G2 2019 wasn't good. LEC was good. (laughs) And like, to be fair, that year, Splice, Fnatic, and in the following years, we, we had a lot of truly great representatives. But like that single team's reputation carried perception and then our teams also followed up on it they did perform we did have some of those great years but like yeah people want to distill every take down to the simplest thing it can't be no this champion's good sometimes it's red five renekton is trash and will always be (laughs) trash you know what i mean people want the simple hyperbolic take
Yeah, and like at the same time, like okay, you know, EG beat T1 <laughs> at MSI in a best of one. Like, if you want to draw how ridiculous it is to say that one team's like, oh, they're kind of comparable because they won one best of one. It's like, well, yeah, there you go. EG beat T1 in a best of one. Do you actually think EG has any fucking shot of beating a like? A Korean team in a best of five. No. Right. Now that Dracos has no. been invited on the show and then immediately had to do couples therapy uh, and, and do rah rah tiskumba yeah. and a but like to be <laughs> fair, I'll just say that like regional comparison is always hard. When it comes to like my expectations, I am always gonna use historical data. So I'm not like better. Like I will still assume that like NA is going to lose to the L C K teams until I see them beat an L C K team. And to be fair, I mostly assume that for L E C teams too, but it's just like look deeper you know what i mean either look deeper or speak less loudly because like what are you really predicting based on well the thing that's crazy to me too is like you can actually just use use historic regional strength to predict matches and get them right actually with 90 percent accuracy i'm not even kidding if you just stack rank and the only contention is kind of at the top between lpl and lck who you're going to say is better yeah. and if you use just historical power ranking or even if you want to go crazier player base size you can actually predict all international competition games if it was a best of one for example with like 80 to 90 percent accuracy i did this one year just using purely player base and you're just 100 percent right and like power ranking of regions is almost entirely player base and like yep. like the people who are making these bolder predictions and trying to put other regions down or raise them up it's like you're actually going against the data and it's, if you just fought if you were very naive and just a data dummy you would actually be more right than like these bold predictions well uh so I'm curious if you guys think there's anything else we need to just generally vamp on, or if you think we should hop into calls, Mark. I'm down to hop into calls unless there's like, do we miss any like uh, MSI big topics? That format? I, I mean, that it feels like it's stage been, cool. the stage is cool. Stage is very cool. The stage is super, I mean, I guess we should talk about that a little bit because we're probably not going to get a call on it. I'm trying to, you know, as far as a balance on how much do we talk beforehand versus how much do we step on a caller. But um, I really like that the they, they did something. I feel like for a while they, a global events team went very minimalist with a lot of the stages you know mm -hmm. it's just like very clean and every now and then they'd have like or they'd sometimes use they put like graffiti graphics on the back or something like that this is the first time that it feels like they really built something unique and i don't know how much this gets translated into the broadcast but today was the first day i was over there and like it's actually kind of cool how well it matches the arena like there yeah. are these i was looking up at the top and there's like these metal tubes that kind of go into the stage from the ceiling. And I don't, I'm like, if you told me that those were just there because they're like air conditioning ducts, I yeah. would believe you. Or if you told me that they like built them out to look like they were part of the venue, I would believe you. But it's, it is actually really neat. And the crazy like tunnel in the middle, I don't know. It's just, it's neat to see them trying again because I feel like for a while they kind of rested on their laurels a little bit and the events started to look very similar. Um, meanwhile, like, I think we talked about this before, like a couple years ago, there was like a Dota tournament where it was like the analyst test was like a ramen bar. And like, they did all these like cherry blossom things. It was in Japan, I think. And, um, yeah. and so I'm just happy to see that they're doing really cool stuff again. Roster, roster swaps. There's, there's a couple of roster moves that happen. Yeah. I didn't know if we were going to get calls on that, but yeah, there's been some stuff over in North America. I don't know how much Dracos will be able to Reckless, go on that. Though. Reckless. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can talk about Reckless. I'll say on the stage thing, I really love the stage. Like, I can't comment to the history just because I'm not on that team and I do work for Riot, so I'm not trying to, like, I don't want to throw yeah, yeah. shade when I, like, probably could look into those processes, but obviously never have. Um, so, yeah, I'll just say that this year is, is sick, and I love 
I similar to what you said, I, it's hard for me to tell like what elements were there before they built the stage versus some parts of it are like some parts of it are clearly the stage and some parts of it kind of bleed together. So it's sick. I'm loving the visuals. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's probably a strength of being just in this spot for the duration of the event. So hopefully we get to see more cool shit like this in the future too. Yeah. Yeah. On uh, with the roster stuff, what do we have? So we have the reckless stuff. The reckless stuff is wild. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get a call about it or if you think we should talk about it now, Mark, you're just looking We're yeah. Mark is still taking calls. So here's our normal thing where we like seed ideas for you guys. Uh, you want to join the play if you're actually we have a lot of people who probably are watching because it's a different time. Uh, you can join join discord.gg slash Travis. That's the discord server. You want to join pleb topics. And then if you are a sub, you can also join subtopics. We appreciate our subs. You'll put your take into pleb or subtopics. Try to make it more of a take than a question. Um, and if you if we decide to take you on the show, you need to make sure that you're in the pleb calls or sub calls voice channel because we can't drag you onto the show if you're not in a voice channel on the server mark will put you into the waiting room please make sure your audio stuff is okay because we don't have a setup today where mark can go and test there's and so if in you, discord you can listen to your own audio yes. listen to your own audio first yes and yeah. so if you if we have audio issues with you we're not going to spend a bunch of time trying to troubleshoot you might just miss your chance to be on the show. So if you make it into pleb calls or sub calls and we pitch in the waiting room, once you're in the waiting room, make sure your shit works. Um, so, uh, so that's going on. But in terms of topics, so obviously we have MSI stuff. We have uh, one last chance for GG to make it out. Uh, we'll see if they do. But G2 has uh, gone forward. Um, and then we also have, obviously we can talk. We'll do another show, I think, in between planes and the uh, start of the rest of the the tournament but um you know if there's any kind of looking forward to have things if people have general ideas on msi on the format because this is the first time we're seeing the format and i can't decide yet if i like it or not because it seems a little boring so far i think that the nature of well i think plans is always going to feel a little wampa stompy but i feel like when you put it into best of threes you kind of draw out what feels like a f kind of a foregone conclusion so it's hard because like when i saw that there weren't best of ones anymore i was like yes yeah amazing and now we're in it and i'm like oh this is kind of like now we have these four game days that are super short and i also like one thing i liked about best of ones right is like if you were in the arena you got to see so many different teams played and yes. it's like it made for fans i think really it was a really cool point of value where if you bought a day of tickets you got to see the vast majority of teams play and obviously fans can plan for like when the schedule comes out etc cetera, etc cetera, as, as much as possible with as much information as they have i know tickets go pretty quick but um yeah, I think that, like, at the end of this, I think we will look at this and go, this is still probably, like, not from my perspective. I can't speak from my perspective. I'll be like, this probably isn't the perfect format, but is this way better than last MSI? For sure. But, like, last MSI was, a you know, a catastrophe format-wise. It was yeah. endless best of ones. Now, the, the, the argument that Riot always used to make for groups behind the scenes was, like, it is way more exciting. You get all these different upsets. Anything can happen. And, like, that was definitely the case in the early 2010s. Uh, early and mid 2010s where you just have like crazy days where like NA would suddenly win several games they weren't expected to win oh my yep. god um but i i obviously people have been wanting best of threes and best of fives for a while so we'll see how things go um over yeah. the course of the tournament and i'll say that like i love best of as much as the next person but they're the, one of the great strengths of best of ones is that like it kind of keeps questions up in the air. And it's a big flaw when you're excited to find out which team is better, but it also makes you more excited for later stages of the tournament. You don't want to overdo it. You hit, like, too many best of... You can oversaturate on best of ones really quickly, but the thing that I like about the LEC format, for example, is it's, like, 
you don't know who the best team is coming out of best of ones. And that's that's ideal, I think, for as you get later in the tournament. And we won't know here because a lot of these teams are just getting eliminated straight up as well. But I think that, like, in general, it's, like, a thing. That's the real strength of best of ones is, like, giving you a taste without answering the question. Because, like, best of three versus best of five, it's, like, if someone 2-0s in the best of three and they look insane, they're probably going to, like, 3-0, 3-1 in the best of five. Are we, Mark, are we done pulling topics? Yeah, I think I have a handful for now. We'll see how long it takes to get through all of them. I was going to chime in quickly on, on the format because uh, I mean, we might talk about it more, but like, I think best of one had a lot of hidden advantages in terms of like multiple teams get to play every day as opposed to just four because you have like t- t- six games that are all best of one, so you see 12 teams instead of four. Um, to that point about like a little bit is left up in the air. Over the course of a full round robin or best double round robin, you'll like generally seed correctly, but... Um, exactly yeah it got bad when you got had to rewatch repeat matchups that you already know because the seeding tended to put like a minor region team against t1 it was like lla's rap team a's last year versus t1 in group a with like oceania and i think that was it and it was like dude does this even need to happen do they need to play eight games like everyone knows t1 like and that's one thing i like about this is it very quickly sorts into good matchups we're like yeah uh BLG versus Golden Guardians tend to be closer than we thought it was going to be. And, like, I think the games tomorrow, we haven't seen them yet, but I would expect those series to be a lot closer. Yeah, so, like, it's like the opening rounds of a fighting game tournament. Like, yeah, Mango's going to shit-stomp his first, like, five or six opponents, and then the tournament gets good. So, like, this would be the weakest part of this tournament, and we'll have to see if it justifies it in the upcoming days and especially uh, in the main stage of the brackets and stuff. All right, time to hop into calls. All right, I'm seeing a YOLO someone in Yeah, here, okay, right? so hopefully this works okay. Um, here we go. Hello, caller. I know you're muted right now, but can you unmute and and say if your audio is working? Are you muted? No, Treethan is muted. Treethan, you got to unmute. Hello. Hello, Hello. Treethan. Welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from uh, Manhattan right now, but I'm in Jersey City, New Jersey normally. Nice. Uh, well, I remember we had you on the uh, live show at Worlds before. What do you yeah, want? Yeah, Draco's got his drugs from his bodega. Yeah. Whoa. What do you want to talk Officially about? Officially, that never happened. <laughs> what do you What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I my take is uh, Golden Guardians. Golden Guardians losing the way that they did to Billy Billy was great because it shows not only they have fight, but that they can play more international games and will now make it to at least semis. Wait, they'll make it to semis of the event? Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm trying to think of the format and figure out how what that path is. That's looks like. deep. Yeah. That's really deep. Well the the path would be that they I assume they win the last chance qualifier versus presumably PSG. Yep. They get seeded into uh the main stage, which is a double elim top eight bracket, and that's all it is. So they would have to win two immediate best of fives or through losers bracket to make like semifinals. I'm not sure what semifinals is in a losers bracket. Uh, yeah, when is it? When is the cutoff? Is it top four? Right. Also, do you, has... mean, do you mean top four? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I mean, like we obviously we're all new to the bracket. Were I a more professional caster, I would be able to tell you where that cutoff is. But if top we four, were all professionals. We'd be. Able yeah, to... yeah. It would be the like the typical third, fourth place match before getting into losers finals and grand finals. Twi- yeah. Twitch chat. Gene Dean says top four is loser semifinals. So uh, I guess the follow up question is which LCK and or LPL team are they knocking out to make top four? <laughs> Do they have to? Yeah. There's two from every region, so they and it's to double do, LM, so so they have to go could, through. Could they? Could could LEC knock 
yes. one of them out, and then we could not knock LEC, LEC out. out. That is also possible. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That but seems he, like the most likely scenario. Do, are we? We're betting on my region, and then you're going to beat my. Uh, this is tough. I think. I think that's, this is this is a, this is a Picasso think, of a bracket. No, right I now. think it's more likely because I think you have to like the gap. Bet- I believe that the gap between Golden Guardians and an LEC or sorry, an LCK and LPL team is greater than the gap between L- Golden Guardians and an LEC team. But if all these gaps are super short, then you just need the variance to swing a little bit high for LEC to beat one of them, and then a little low on the LEC side and high on the LCS side for LCS to beat LEC. Does this make sense? Yeah, I, I feel what you're saying. It does feel a bit like you're digging. You know, I'm like, just trying to solve the stretch. equation. Yeah, you're trying to solve the equation with the highest probability, and I, and I think the probability you. of Ellie's of of G two like smashing one day and then just randomly losing to Golden Guardians the next is yeah higher I, than anything else. This is what I'll say: as I think that the Gragas Yasuo game especially was a great indicator that um, you know Golden Guardians have what it takes to play a longer game. I think that composition in general is pretty simple, and I think that it like gave them a very clear way to execute and it simplified their game plan, which I think helped them perform better because it was just at all parties on the team knew exactly what they needed to do to win kill fights. elk kill elk um and i don't think it's always going to be that simple and you saw that it was much harder when they didn't have that game plan partially also because you know i think they pissed off blg and blg suddenly like sweated a little bit more we got a tank from bin um i like i i think that there have just been too many sloppy early games so far from gg for me to s- believe in them in the capacity that you do i'll say that like if they really clean it up I think they can definitely show more than what they showed today and like surprise us, but it's hard, man. I mean, like the Kindred game was really rough. Like even the games that they are expected to win, like there was like what in the first game they played or the first series they played, it was like set died instantly. And who he had a great rest of the game. Don't get me wrong, but it's like you can't make those mistakes against the top top teams. I went on this whole diatribe about like not underrating north american teams yeah but i also said as a addendum to that I was like you also can't overrate them and i feel like we immediately disregarded my advice by <laughs> saying that we're making top four we're not making top four treethan okay well i'm iron in league so of course i overdo everything oh, treethan that's not you don't get a you gotta just base you gotta back up your analysis you don't sell yourself out like that there's no shame in being iron in league don't sell yourself it's out. really hard to be iron in league do you know I, how talented you have to be to be iron that's you know what and that is a talent but don't like that's completely unrelated from your prediction you couldn't have gone reasoning being bunk has nothing tier. to do with your rank it like that <laughs> you couldn't have just said like oh man golden guardians versus blg gives me hope that like they could be at a european team it was the, nah, all the way to top it, four <laughs> I actually do think that Sticks A is showing up internationally and will will be a thing. They had a rough game today for sure, but also like Licorice had an amazing, an amazing series today. And I do think that their uh, jungle uh, mid duo is fantastic as well. So I actually really do actually see them going far. I think on the positive side that if we take the highlight moments from the last series, two series for Golden Guardians, there's a lot to believe in. I think it is balanced out by a lot of the more lackluster moments. And I think if you choose to believe that we are more consistently going to see those high highs, I can understand why you would believe in them to go further. I'm not on board with top four, but like Lickrich has another sick Cassante game who he has another bunch of crazy engages. Stixay really pops off. Like the, the recipe is there. It's just 
the consistency is what I'm not on board with. I, I would even struggle to say Sticks had a good series. He got destroyed in lane by Elk three times in a row, pretty brutally. That Zaya game, he barely got to auto attack. Like, yeah, I'm trying to focus on the positive Dude, here because like, I want to. I want to believe in the players, but it, I like he. It was like mom was spaghetti. A, that was a game they won too, but that was a complete mom spaghetti flash in level one. And he had a couple other ones too, like the, and for the Jinx rocket that he didn't even dodge. Uh-huh. Like, yep, a lot of those. So like. Yeah, I uh, I like six a lot. I actually do think he look a little shook, and like maybe he'll play better in the future. But I don't think when you look at the caliber of eighty carries coming from all the Eastern teams, Ruler, Elk, Gumayushi, Pays. Like I don't think like, Elk isn't even the big boss. Elk is the appetizer guy. That was terrifying. Yeah. So I mean, like maybe versus like Hans and Mickey. Like yeah, the, the Hans and Mickey are gonna do better, but they're not gonna like destroy him forty CS in lane and taking turret at level. Well, I mean, we'll see. That's like the thing with Hans and Mickey, right? Like when they had Draven, they were doing that, and before they kind of, I would say, maybe became overline on Draven, they were doing that to a lot of people. So like Pecans Mickey is terrifying, but yeah, I agree on. Average. I mean, even this series, like they G two made a lot of dives happen bot lane. Even yeah. Though, yeah. So even though you know, hey, great performance, but no. Okay, so to wrap up the call a little bit, I guess the question for you guys is how far can Golden Guardians go? Do we do we, all three of us have them making it out of plans? Do you not, Dracos? Where No, I, I have them making it out of plans. I think PSG are um they're actually like I think that that series is close. And I think that that series is mostly close because um like I PSG I think that Golden Guardians can break the game open and that's more often the not I think how they win is by playing things like Gragas Yasuo playing things that aren't just scaling late game team fighting but if they're in a situation where they can't close confidently which again based on the lack of consistency I don't think you can fully say like they're going to get a lead and then close out cleanly um, and if you go late against PSG PSG are a pretty damn solid team fighting team G2 figured it out with the Olaf but it's not always that easy and like Waco's legit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I, I think the bot lane's scary. Like, I, I've been saying, oh, Golden Guardian's going to beat PSG, but I don't think it's, like, an easy series for them. Like, I think they have to play well, and I think if they don't, they'll definitely drop a game and potentially the series if they're playing poorly because Waco will just punish you if you don't have clean engages or if your early lane phase is bad. Like, yeah, like, you saw it against DFM. Like, if you if you fuck up, like, they will just obliterate you. Like, they're good at team fighting. They're good at playing around their cooldowns, um, you know, re-engaging when the moment is right and waiting out your cooldowns. And, like, yeah, they mess up a lot of early to mid-game calls, and they, like, can get outmaneuvered on the map. But it's hard to punish that if you are not, like, the best of the best in the world when they're picking champions that when you go late against them, like, have a certain level of inevitable strength. Yeah. So... And my understanding of the format is if they make it through, then they get another double, like another two games to lose, essentially, yeah. or two matches. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. It's very rewarding to get through plans because then you get, like, uh, another – your re- yeah. yeah, you can lose out of the tournament three times if you yeah. go come in through the loser's bracket. Yeah. That's um, that's generous to whichever team goes through. Okay. Either way, Trethan, thanks so much. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that we doubt – I I like the copium and the hopium, but it's not – it's maybe not as much as we have. And that's fine. Anything you want to shout okay. out before we take a quick break? Uh, yeah. Um, shout out to my girlfriend, Chloe. I love you, and I know you're listening, and good luck maining Elise. Fantastic. Thank Peace you so out, guys. much. That's wholesome. Catch you next time. Shout out, Chloe. All right. So it's time to take a quick break and to talk about OnePlus, our MSI coverage partner. So what I have right now in front of me is the new OnePlus Pad, 
which is uh, available for pre-order right now. It's awesome. So it's, I've got it right now, and it's keyboard setup. But there's also a uh, a pen that goes along with it. The keyboard and the pen are both available separately. And I've got some beautiful stats here to read out. Uh, it's the world's first tablet with a seven seven by five ratio screen for better view and comfort. Damn. It's got a smooth 144 hertz refresh rate for ultra responsive scrolling, and it's great for gaming. Skirt. Dol, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision ensure premium entertainment experience with ultra vivid picture quality and cinematic ac- acoustics. And you can do, <laughs> you could do, you could do cellular data sharing between your OnePlus's phones, 5G data with your OnePlus pad. And then finally, <laughs> eight gigabytes of RAM and Dimensity 9000. And you can go pre-order this right now. And it's actually been really cool that they uh, sent this along because I'm doing a surprise test. I won't reveal what it is, but using the pen and the tablet and certain people using the pen with the tablet. And I won't surprise everybody with what that surprise test is going to be like, but we've been using the OnePlus for that. Uh, and it's been really cool. So again, this is the OnePlus pad. It's available right now from OnePlus uh, for pre-order. It's cool that I got al- they sent along this early version of it for me. Um, and so I got to, uh, to use it on this trip. I was actually playing a game I'm not allowed to talk about because Mark will get enraged when I was in bed yesterday sick. Playing the arena, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. The arena. You were in the uh, arena. I was in the arena on this tablet. Uh, either way, thank you so much to OnePlus for sponsoring. Uh, it's really cool. I, I would. London is very expensive. I would not be able to be here if it wasn't for OnePlus. That is true. I would probably be in Minneapolis at the Magic the Gathering event that's happening there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks so much to OnePlus for sponsoring the show. Numi, linking it in the chat. Thank you, Numi. Um, for anyone who missed why why Dracos and I just started doing that, it was because there was oh, the Waco player. At some point, we decided that we're going to do a Waka Flock of Flame reference, and it was actually so fun. And now I think we've we've just wanted to like insert. We want to tell people about it because we love it and think it's great. And there's like maybe eight people on the internet who realize the reference, but. God bless. It was my favorite moment of the day. And it just makes me want to insert more random hype moments into well, your calls. And I also just thought it was funny because you're just like, you're monologuing. You're sharing us all of the details on this wonderful product. Uh, and I just think it's funny when people ad-lib in situations that normally call for ad-libs, you know? Yeah, but it's making me realize like from now on, when you, when you next time we cast together, if you're doing a play-by-play call, and I'll just start dropping some yeets and some skirts in there randomly. Uh, <laughs> Have you seen that that uh, SNL yes. bit? <laughs> <laughs> you never loved me, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> skirt. All right. Anyway, uh, I just want to point out that the producer of the dive is in the chat, and he wants to know if he can call in about March of the Machine, which is uh, the no. new Magic the Gathering set. So Mark no. is surrounded by this. Uh, anyway, no, you may not. Mark's grabbing our next caller right now. We'll make a new podcast. Uh, Z- <laughs> Zemelka is here. Zemelka, is your, your audio good? Can you unmute? Uh, yep. Hello. Is my audio working all right? Yes, I think I think we should be good. Uh, we'll see if Twitch chat freaks out in about five seconds, but we hear you just fine. Uh, super nice. After all this time, I met Zamelkai today. They were in the audience, and uh, it was cool to say hi- hello to them. Nice to meet you again. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun time. Uh, Mark pulled me for two topics. One's kind of similar to the last one, so I'll do the loud one first. Uh, so Loud should be the favourites to make it out of Group B, uh, and then lose to Golden Guardians on Sunday. Um, and remind everybody where you're calling from, even though I met you today. Oh, uh, London. Okay, very good. 
Um, side note, London food is good. Do not be lied to by Twitter. Initialized did a good thread. Anyway, um, Loud uh, are like should be the favorites in Group B, mainly because uh, I think Loud actually had pretty good early games versus G2 and play a like more aggressive early game style of comp. Uh, I think that we saw today that like PSG kind of struggled against that, and like sure G two are better than Loud quite clearly by the fact that they two owed them, but like I think that it was more that Loud got unlucky in being the team that went up against G two than that like Loud are significantly worse than PSG, and so I think that as long as Loud stick to their guns and play an aggressive style. Like, it might get a little messy, and they'll probably, you know, like, drop a game here or there. But I think Loud should, like, be the favorites to make it out of Group B. Because right. I think they should just, like... I don't think that PSG can keep up as well with, uh, like, an aggressive playstyle. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. We hold on, we got a quick, quick side note. Everybody, you, you no distracted one. Us. Hold on, hold on. We understood your question fully, but first we have to respond to the Twitch chat. No one is saying British food is good. I want to be clear, Twitch chat. No one said that. They said food in London is good. No one said where he, the bangers and mash and the pie are lit. They said the food in this city, London, is good, and it's a huge multicultural city. There's literally no way the food could be bad. Uh, yeah, the best food in London is in Chinatown. Our best food is the people we stole from other countries. Okay, but like, well, I mean, <laughs> maybe I mean like historically accurate, but like <laughs> wrong place. But yeah, the so yeah. so the Jesus. All right, so the, here's Mark and I had this conversation about the food in in London, and we're gonna address this now. We'll come back we to, to loud. We'll come back to loud, but this needs to be addressed. And I was talking about this with somebody else. So in L.A., you can go into most places and have at least a 7 out of 10 experience. What I think happens in London is, yes, there is good food here, but the average is really low. And so what you have happen is like people are like, you're just going to the wrong places. And it's like you have to go to one of these 20 places on this list that I've curated for good food. Like I went there's just it's. It's so, so many places I go are just such a swing and a miss. I went to at the, because the, the venue is near a mall uh, somewhere around here. And the mall had a Mexican food place. And people were like, oh, how dare you go to uh, Lon in London and expect the Mexican food to be good. And I'm like, you can get great sushi in L.A., you can get great Italian food in L.A. Like, I don't think that you need to that just because you're on the other side of the continent or sorry, the world that you can't like that's an excuse for saying the food can't be good. I think there's some validity to that, but I think there is probably a direct correlation with how many people from that culture live there with how good the food is. OK, here's what here's the thing. This this Mexican place, it had like three tacos and then yep. I had hamburgers and their special was like barbecue chicken. Like, it was not in any... They were not even attempting. Okay. It wasn't like I okay. had a burrito. Like, you walked into the wrong place. See, that's, that's not... 
That's, that's what they always like, fucking say. They immediately go, you went to the wrong place. But okay, listen. but like, do you, Travis, if you look in the center of your head, you have these things called eyes, and Damn. you can use these eyes to look at the menu and the brain inside your head to go, oh, to fair, damn, you this Mexican place Mexican is offering hamburgers? I don't know if this but is going to no, be the Mexican don't place. They don't have the menu displayed up front. Here's the, th here's the difference. In L.A., you can see a Mexican restaurant and you can walk in and you can trust that you can get Mexican cuisine. And, you know, LA's right next to Mexico. But, like, you can walk into an Italian restaurant and not expect that the things that you're going to see there is, like, sushi and tacos, right? Like You can also walk into an Olive Garden and get some slop and they'll just call it Tagliatini Bambini Olive, or whatever. Olive, Olive Garden is at least a 7 out of 10. Olive Garden? What? Yeah. <laughs> that is the worst no, thing our I've chains, ever heard. Our chains, this is, this is our chains bias. are still passable you know what in london the chains are not passable we went to olive garden in times square and it undid all of my horrible american conditioning because i used to love that place purely for the unlimited breadsticks it's just salty bread it's so salty there is no other saying, flavor going on i'm not there. saying olive garden is good but it is at it's least so, okay but the problem it is, is at okay, least you passable. have to remember and this i have this bias all the time because my significant other is from the uk seven out of ten means c in the u.s but to other countries that's like not bad because, like, what is a middling grade? Why is 70% bad? That's just the American grading system that's, like, coming through for you. Well, I think Why is 80% a B? I think Travis is saying 7 out of 10 is not bad, right? Yeah, 7 saying, out of 10 is not bad. I mean, I, I kind of subscribe to this belief as well, because every place in the world that's, like, a, a somewhat large urban area is going to have good restaurants if you know the places to go. Like, if you come to Santa Monica or LA, West LA, I have a number of recommendations for you that I think are better than the surrounding areas food. Like every place has the good restaurants. Yeah. The difference is if you don't listen to my recommendations, you're not going to fuck yourself. Whereas in London, it feels like if you don't listen to the recommendations, you're going to like eat some dog water food. Yes. You have to get unlucky in Santa Monica to end at a place that has like bad food. I also think that part of the reason that LA has such like it's like people in LA got very used to very good food and they like won't settle for less and restaurants like probably die if they don't have decent food. Whereas like, okay, but this is I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. British food is shit, and so if you look at the target audience for this Mexican food, it's people who eat food that I don't think is is like I think is very boring. And I will say the same thing about Germany. And I love my Germans, but I'm selling you out right now. Like every Asian restaurant is like bad sushi and like kind of like vietnamese fusion and you know what i can't knock them because people keep showing up and buying it so it's like is it on the restaurant for selling what people want i don't it think sounds so. like you're in agreement that the average with with mark and my assessment that the average food in london experience is bad no because you're now justifying why it's that way no no i'm i'm with you like i'm i'm I agree that the like I'm willing to believe that the average here is not very high. Is that partially because I'm just directly adjacent to like every chain imaginable? Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. But like I I have a different opinion than Mark, where it's like I when I traveled most places, if I'm not working an esports event, like food is what I care about, and I look for good restaurants, and like I will find good restaurants in London, and that's not always the case everywhere you travel. Uh, so like I will I, say, I will, oh. oh sorry, I'll I'll just say. I, Quickly, that like I, I when I was in Berlin, remove you and then we'll bring you back and you can start. Uh, when I was in Berlin, I had no bad food experiences because I basically was just like Dracos's shadow for the most part. Yeah. Here, I made a couple of my own decisions; those went poorly, and since then, I've been other people's shadow, and it's been fine. That so, is what you have to do. So yeah, I mean, like uh, I admit that I'm not like the most worldly person in the world either. 
And I'll also say that I think that, like, Riot has done the food of London dirty by sticking you all out in Stratford. Like, Stratford, very up-and-coming part of London, has nice travel links, uh, does not quite have, like, I would say that if you were in Central, everything would cost you $12 million all the time, but uh, you would at least like have a lot safer you can walk into any restaurant and it's good i'll extend the olive branch as well that travis is like london's so expensive and it seems cheaper than la no you it are does. fucking crazy no this seems cheaper than I, la it was 150 dollars <laughs> to take a taxi from the airport and, well, because we yes, yes, because that's where you have to fly. If you're flying from L.A. Yeah, but L.A.X. to wherever the fuck you're no. going, you it, could drive for an hour and fifteen minutes in L.A. And it's not going to cost you a hundred and fifty dollars. That's because the traffic. Because because do you know how taxi cabs work? It's yes. based off distance, not time sat in the cab. So in L.A. Decide the entire price of a city based on a cab. Travis, this Travis, is an example. Yeah, but but your examples you are ridiculous no, because yeah. you're in a you're I in an ordered, airport that's I that's literally delivery. fifty minute fifty miles I, away I or whatever. Ordered, but, if you're I, not ready to talk about. about the I, U.S. I, labor market and how Deliveroo or Uber Eats or Uber treat their employees, like, we just cannot get into this. Okay. Former sponsor <laughs> of the show is not able... Yeah, so here's the thing. Treats them great. No, uh, if the if everything that I saw on the menu was the dollar amount instead of the pound amount, I would agree this place is just as expensive as L.A., but it is... When when you add when you do the conversion, everything ends up. No, it doesn't, dude. There's like an eight pound, pretty solid blue cheese burger that I got. It's it's uh, above the it's, dollar. We, so. Yeah, it's not as good as it was. But like I'm saying, dude, you fucking eat it. What is that place that you like that I think is super fucking overpriced? Plan check, dude. A plan check burger with no fries is fucking eighteen dollars. It's and it's mid. It's mid as fuck, and it's an eighteen dollar oh burger. My God. I right, got a better burger. On. I got a better burger for eight quid gotta, out here. And you're gonna tell on. me that like somehow this is this le- like plan oh, check hating right now. Plan check's amazing, dude. One, but you're also just like I took a cab. 40 miles and it was more expensive it's than my 40 fun. miles to Heathrow. When you go all the way around, it's like it's 20 a, something. It's an hour How much do you minutes. think gas costs? This, this man oh, no. burnt like $30 on gas to get here, and you're like, I don't want to pay more than 40 Dude, you can't. Your time is worth $10. You could go at Travis goes 15. five miles up the 495 on in LA. It's five miles, but it takes two hours. And he's like, you can, It's only $40. This is such a good could, price. You can drive for an hour and 15 minutes and go three miles in LA, bro. Not, yeah, what did you think it was cutting through central London to get over here? I didn't cut through central London. They took me around. Oh, they cut through central London for they me. They literally deliberately flew me to London City. Raz had Raz had a $250 taxi ride. They to get literally here. flew I everyone was, they could to London City specifically I, to avoid that cab. I, I was in that cab. Okay. We went the long way and the guy missed our turn like four times. I will say my first experience with London was complete shit. Not just the food, but like the taxi drivers, literally everything, the water, but uh yeah. <laughs> I, I the burger's twenty four dollars. Shout out to you, crispy pack for googling. I want to, I want, I want to say that. Okay, you uh, say this for everyone who flew into for everyone who flew into Heathrow. There is a little train line called the Elizabeth Line that explicitly runs directly from Heathrow to Stratford. That like is right there. It's like we have a city built around public transport that's there for the public to use to transport themselves. Anyway, loud. Why they're gonna win? Well, what you have to understand <laughs> is that Travis is uh, part of the bourgeoisie, <laughs> and talk he about will loud. not. Gotta talk about loud. <laughs> he must be fairy. Um, <laughs> talk 
about loud. To be fair, I also took a cab. I can't knock it. I was just closer. Um, loud. How do I feel about loud? I think that loud also similarly. Uh, loud collapsed in the late game against G2 in a game that they were very much expected to win. And so I think it's actually hard to give them 100% the benefit of the doubt against PSG. I see what you're saying about a stronger early game. Uh, for me, as an EU pundit uh, who is much more aware of G2 and their flaws, I saw a lot of what G2 were doing is like big fumbles, especially like game one in the mid lane, like Yike and Caps just like really fumbled the bag on those first few plays. And that's kind of what gave um, Loud a big early advantage, at least around mid jungle. Um, and because that's a play that they started, I would give that credit to G2 as a G2 fuck up rather than like crediting that to Loud. And so I don't think it is as simple as saying that like Loud are the favorites to play against GG. I, I don't think it's easy. I don't think that that like, I actually, I just don't know. I think their carry is just too good, man. I, I think Waco's too good. And I think that, like, short of absolute domination, and even then, like, I have no faith in Loud's ability to close the game. Like, is, if they ban Aphelios and Jinx and just, like, never let them play a scaling champion, then I'm on board. But I think that if you cannot just execute, you're, Google, you're not letting this die. He's Google map no, searching it's, it's, the it's, distance between two <laughs> points so he can make up follow-up point. I'm just spoiling no, it's this. For my own in, it's for my own internal just, like, <laughs> keeping of things. Back on loud. Back on loud. Well, on loud. I'm just... Yeah, I mean, I will say that at least Loud don't have to uh, ban Aphelios because they just pick it every game instead. Yeah, I mean, I I actually think it is a, a very close matchup. I'm not 100 certain that they'll they'll beat PSG, but I think that does feel like the bat battle for the better the best minor region. Rainbow Seven versus Gam or Movie Star R Seven. Well, whenever teams merge and they like cut parts of their name but keep numbers, you know, I can't remember exactly. Uh, but I I don't think Gamber. Movie Star R7 are actually the best team. So it feels like Loud versus PSG is the de facto best minor region team, uh, which is a pretty cool battle to, to kind of have on the line. Uh, it's not like an official thing, but in my head at least. And I do agree that Loud has a pretty good chance given that Route feels like he should be able to go toe to toe for the most part with Waco. Um, I don't. If we want to go back to history, has. How many times does Brazil beat the PCS? No, not often. Like, almost never. Brazil yeah. is like... And, like, that would be a really... Again, that further builds it up that this would be really cool if Brazil was able to win. That's, like, a monumental... Achie not an achievement, obviously. I'm sure they want to accomplish more, but... I don't... I don't have faith in Loud. I take it back. I don't think Loud are good. I don't know why I'm following this train of thought. They're gonna get they're gonna get their ass whooped. What, I don't know why. But what about by DFM? Because they play DFM first. So I was expecting... Oh, they'll... I, DFM is close. Okay. I think PSG is not close. Okay. Okay. I think PSG kind of clowned on DFM in game one, and they kind of were their own worst enemy in game two. So if Loud does not absolutely blast DFM, I have I have zero faith in Loud to to bring yeah. it back. I feel like Loud will beat DFM easily enough. I think bot lane's the only close role. Toll two. This sounds really mean to say, but I feel like he was arguably the worst player so far in the tournament. It's like either him or Co. The uh, eighty carry for movie star that Aphelios game was like bad. I need some eye bleach after that. Um, so I'm expecting DFM to beat Loud, or excuse me, Loud to beat DFM, which would then cause the PSG rematch, which is where I was kind of getting ahead of myself. Uh, we, we won't have another Hotline League until this uh, play-in stage is done. So the next Hotline League will be after everything's resolved. So that's why I'm kind of calling my shot ahead of time and saying I think Loud might have a legitimate chance to beat PSG, but maybe not. You guys want to hear a joke? Sure. What's the hardest thing about being a vegan and a Loud fan? What? Deciding which thing to tell people first.
We're not going to... Fazo L, I love Brazil. Come to Brazil. See what happens, Dracos. I just want to say that I'm the chilling. views of Dracos do not represent those of Hotline League. I've got I've got no problem. I think the loud fan base is sick. And, and I uh, think that the minority that get really aggro and crazy on social media are probably not celebrated. I love the passion of the Brazilian fans. And they're awesome and valid. Medic, Medic hasn't been able to leave the hotel in two days since his yeah. tweet. <laughs> Uh, I I do think uh, Dracos has beef. He doesn't. It was a vegan joke. Keep up. It, it wasn't a loud joke. It was a vegan joke. At the end of the day, okay. it was both. It was a twofer. I, I think Robo looks good. Uh, Ten Owens. I'm a little bit worried about. Um, yeah. I, again, it's like the problem with this that best of three is that like you can say that Ten Owens look, Ten Owens like had some really great moments, but in that game one, especially where he was more set up to perform. Um, I credit that to one he didn't, and two I credit a lot of the early advantages that were built on G two really fumbling. Like they had the knot in Italy, this is what they wanted to draft around. They were first to the play in mid lane, and then they just like whiffed everything and continued the fight anyway, and then died. And it's like at a certain point, like it's no longer a every misplay is also an outplay, and it's just like that's a misplay. Like at a certain point, they're bashing their head into the wall, and we can't pretend that like the other guys like mind controlling them to make it happen. And that's how I felt about that at least initial sequence of play. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I have a lot of faith in Robo. I have a lot of faith in the bot lane. Mid jungle is, is a question mark for me, and Arya and Steel is not terrible. So like maybe maybe yeah. maybe there's a way for for DFM to win, but um, it does feel four v five. I. I think I think DFM can win. I think that's like a cool. I actually think that's a pretty close match. Hey, thanks so much for the calls, Amelkai. Oh wait, uh, I think Mark pulled me for two. Nope. Well, it was yeah. it was it was a very quick point, and then then we'll we'll debate it. Okay, cool. Uh, so just to say that uh, I think that if uh, G two and Golden Guardians had swapped groups plans would have gone the exact same so far so like g2 would currently now be have lost to blg21 probably slightly closer like games but still the same result and gg would be in the main event having just like stomped their way out to a i uh, think that is a highly reasonable take <laughs> like i think that uh, to say as you're just basically just saying that blg are also better than g2 esports and i think that that is not an unreasonable stance I, do I, as an EU pundit, believe that G2 could have beaten Billy Billy Gaming? Yes, 100%. But it's not, like if you showed me a bracket, like if I just woke up today, I was like, oh, that seems entirely reasonable. Like that is totally a valid, like there's that is not outlandish whatsoever. I think there's actually a decent chance that at their current levels, G2 could have beaten Billy Billy today. If they played, yeah, but if you showed me a two-one, like well, yeah, I, I, would, be I would believe it either way. But I think, like, assuming Hans and Mickey perform better than Sticks A and who he yeah, did, Billy Billy were a little sussy today. Elk was great. Ben Ben was sussy like in his other series too. He couldn't yeah. even fucking beat Bong. And then Licorice had a better series, you could argue, than Ben. It's never not funny. Dude, Ben Bong is the funniest <laughs> fucking matchup I think that's ever happened in League of Legends history. Uh, ben, ben Bong going I on I wish his other. name was Bing, and then it could be Bing versus Bong, and that would make me so happy. <laughs> it's so funny. But, like, even mid lane, like, Yagao was fucking getting clapped up level one by Aurelian Soul. <laughs> like, Yagao has looked pretty terrible for portions of this tournament. Um, shouldn't people kind of knew would be a little hit or miss as like one of the less experienced members on the team, but like Yagao and Ben are the guys with experience and they have crapped the bed so far and the bot lane's been incredible. And like 
I feel like Caps and how good Broken Blade is playing, like there's a reality that like he could do the same thing he did this series, but against Elk, where he's just like, okay, yeah, uh, Elk, you're crazy, but in late game, all you need to do is run at you and take your head off, like I had to do yeah. against like a seven one of Felios here against Waco. Like a similar thing could happen. Like I actually think, um, I expect Billy Billy to scale. I think Ben will start playing better. I feel like the, I don't think Billy Billy's playing great right now, and they, they have a higher ceiling than they've shown. But like based off today's performance against today's G two. I feel like G2 could have won. Uh, yeah, I think that with that context, based on Billy Billy struggling today and G2 being pretty dominant today, that makes sense. We we are, are moving off topic. Zamelka, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, go on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much for having me on. Shout out Alienware and OnePlus for making MSI coverage possible. And then finally, shout out Munchables, finally getting to do an international cast in London. I wish he'd gotten more days so he could get like a day with a proper audience because my man deserves it. But I'm so glad we at least got to see him on the international stage. And I hope to get we get to see him on again. Also, Jamada, just more LPL people. Get them on. Thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. All right. Uh, while Mark is grabbing the next caller, thank you to Slawcat, Fleet Phoenix, Zygden Freud, Keyworm, Kissick, Seaman Demon, and Dasher. Thank you, everybody, for the subs. Sorry, what was the second last one again? Uh, it was Seaman Demon. Got it. 22. Okay. Sorry, I didn't thank I you. the thank 22. You, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Raging Pianist? Yeah, we have Raging Pianist is one of ours. There's actually a lot There's of nothing wrong with that one. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds like something. It's not. Yeah. All right. Uh, J&T is in the chat. J&T, where are you calling from? Jersey City, New Jersey. Jersey City. Hey, Damn, another the Jersey The East person. Coast yeah. fan base really showing up. Yeah. Oh, everybody else is at work. Also, uh, that's true. technically where most of the fans are anyways. Anyway. So where most of the population is. Okay. Yep. J&T, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, well, with the news of Reckless role swapping to support, I think that we're going to see more AD carries swapping to support and top slash mid laners swapping to the jungle. Top and mid laners swapping to jungle. Why do you say top and mid laners swapping to jungle? Uh, I mean, I mean, part of it is you know, Whippo. We saw him play jungle for a little bit on Fnatic, and who knows if he'll be playing jungle in the future on the team? Maybe. Hmm. Okay, I, I, could be a so, possibility. I don't know. Uh, hmm. Let's start with the the reckless one do I we want to talk about the reckless move first or do we want to talk about the philosophy of reckless move let's first? actually start with the moving to jungle because i don't think that's a significant one actually. i i think that whippo is an exception whippo is a player who one of his great strengths is that he has a very inquisitive mind and he loves to like learn every single aspect about the game and that's something that he enjoys very personally there are a lot of players like that but i think whippo is the most clearly vocal about it and clearly excited about it that people can see um and to me he's an exception and I don't think most players would look to roll swap like that. And I think the only circumstance where we would see that is not because they're like, wow, I would really love to play jungle. It's because they want to play on a team that can't or that's like, look, needs somebody to play jungle and is otherwise stacked and somebody needs to swap. Yeah, I also just feel like jungling is it's a totally different skill set than laning. And so while Whippo has pulled it off, it's actually been more common to see like people go other places like Insect went jungle to top. You know, like I don't yeah. think there's many swaps to jungle that people do. Like ambition did it, I guess, but it's like you can count on one hand. I feel like world class jungle K swaps. Cadrill went to jungle from mid lane. Then he went to cast because he wasn't a very good jungler. Uh, then then he went hey. to co streaming because he wasn't a very good caster. <laughs> <laughs> he just went jungle the top, right? 
Fuck. Uh, yeah, Damn. I mean, like it's it's happened. Dirty. It's it's happened, but I feel like um, AD carry support is, is is like own special thing because like you're in the same lane together. You yeah. know what the AD carry wants because you're an AD carry player. Um, it's a little bit less about your like um, mechanics and late game carry potential and stuff like that, and more about like moving around the map and s- setting up. So like I feel like uh, AD carry support is a very common swap for AD carries later on in their career that I think like seeing Sven do it and seeing some other people do it makes a lot of sense. So on to the reckless one. Yeah. I, I'd say that like my struggle is um, when I, I got the pleasure in 2016, 2017 of like being around a lot for G2 scrims in that era where it was Sven and Mithy. And I think the way that the two of them talked about bottom lane, like it was very clear that they both, like were very 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 invested in like the nuances of 2v2 and what they could do and they were both always very excited about that so it didn't surprise me when Sven swapped to that now I don't have that same experience with Reckless but from what I've seen of him as a player and as a contributor to a team like his big thing has always been like leave me on my own and like I will be reliable for you like I'm not the guy who gets the resources I'm the guy who plays Jin and offers utility and like yes he plays Sivir but he often is like sitting chilling on a side lane and that was like his great strength was that he was really reliable to scale up to the late game. Reckless was, for some portions of his career, a 2v2 monster, but that, to me, was more based around the support that he was playing with. So, like, I'm super skeptical if this move makes sense for the kind of player that I see him as. Am I ready to be wrong? Yeah. But, like, his his individual play at the start of winter was bad and you can blame that on his lane partner it got better with advian but still they weren't like a super dominant 2v2 lane and so i don't i don't know what the sales pitch is for reckless support and i'm just going to kind of have to see but i'm not sold and i think that if he had been like super dominant and they had been like super clearly smashing every 2v2 they played on the side of fanatic and again admittedly again spring was so much better than winter i would be more on board but it's like I'm not, it's not clear to me what the sales pitch is for Reckless as support. Yeah, I kind of agree with that in the sense that he was always uh, less aggressive and not even as far as I'm aware, super vocal player. He just kind of wants to like, he like wants to work hard, but he wants to like do his thing. He wants to play what he likes to play. Um, you know, like he, he doesn't want to be the center of attention on a team. And like when you're the support, it's not that you want to be the center of attention, but you need to be vocal talking talking plans and it's and again this is not like reckless didn't have an absence of these things i think he could do these things i've talked to him at points in his career where he had like had to rise up and be a leader and that wasn't the style that really suited him and so maybe he's crossed a point now because he's you know he's growing older and he's got more experience that he's like actually i'm less excited about the just be mr like reliable and i do want to be more vocal and this is how i think i set myself up to do that but like it's a very different look from the reckless of the past um, and I'm just, yeah, again, like I, for his sake, I really hope it does work out for him, but it's, it's kind of caught me off guard. It seems out of left field and I'm, and I am not sold. The, they also seem to not have you given much warning, which makes it seem like, was this spur of the moment? It sounded like there, there was not much, who knows? And then like, I think people naturally look at the Zven comparison like Zven wasn't always the most aggressive player in the world, but he is a very talkative person. He is extremely vocal. And like it suits naturally to become well, a leader on a team for someone like him. Whereas like I I don't 
from what I've heard of his time on different Fnatic teams, it didn't always sound like he was the guy that people rallied around or he talked a ton during games or anything. He always, from talking to Reckless and, and interviewing Reckless on, you know, across a lot of episodes of Euphoria, et cetera, like he's, he's a guy who always wants to do whatever it takes to win and who wants to be a good teammate. But like he, um, you know, he's just interested in being like the best version of himself, wants to make sure that he's there, wants to do whatever is needed to set up. But he isn't like, he's, I don't think ever been like the big leader type. And like, not that like, like take Mickey for example is a very successful and Hillisang. They're not big leader types, but they're very like clear on what they want to do and how they want to play the game. And they like they have a very proactive way that they view the game, where they're like they are looking at all times for ways to exploit the game, how to win two v two matchups, et cetera, et cetera. And Reckless is a guy who wasn't su- like his innovation period was Kennen, and then he spent a lot of his career picking off meta stuff like in a way that was kind of hampering the team. Like when you look at his G two run. They were playing Jin when Jin was like objectively a bad champion. So that's just not something that I associate with him. Again, I'm willing to be wrong because there's so much information that I just don't have. But I'm just well, I'm that's, not sold. Mark, I mean, kind of on that point, and, and Mark kind of touched on this this earlier as I was trying to get the microphone so I could say it. Uh, he he cock blocked me. Um, so the no the the thing that's super interesting to me about this is you compare it to a lot of other situations. Like this Ven one is a perfect example where it's like the swap occurred because the team wanted that, right? Like, it was like, oh, this is something that the team needs. I'm going to step into this role. Zven was even, like, uncertain about whether or not it made sense for him to do it. And he's like, I don't know if I'm going to do this for a long time, blah, blah, blah. The reckless thing, like you were saying, it didn't sound like... Supposedly, they had less than an hour, from what I heard. It was basically, like, an hour, and then, boom, this is happening. And then, like, okay. So, it it came... Mm -hmm. Like, it, it feels like a continuation in some ways of what... You were talking about Dracos, where it's like he likes to do his own thing, and in this situation, he's like YOLO swapping uh, roles and just gonna yeah. go do it. And so, it, like, I just think the the situation is so different from what we've seen in so many other um, moments. Also, the fact that it happened like in the middle of the season. Normally, like these types of things occur in between uh, seasons, especially if it's not something that the team is asking <sighs> yeah. for. Yeah. And I mean, like, to be fair to the LEC in the new format, like, if you're going to make a decision like this, this is the last chance in the entire year to do it. And, you know, you, you got, if you're going to, if that's really what he strongly feels, then good on him for making that decision. But, like, without even knowing the details, it is out of left field. And I think it is really good that you highlight um, that it's mostly, like, from the team. Like, when Bupo swapped to jungle, it was out of necessity for the team. And they brought Adam in. You know, it was like, it was, it was he, I don't, I can't remember the exact circumstances. I remember him not being super thrilled about it but like he made it work and like in the similar situation was Fen, and also like Mithy became a coach and when Mithy started his whole thing was like he trains Fen. and I remember Upset went to like MSI with G2 and he talked so much about how he learned from those two and Sven like learned from Mithy and then he was going to pass that down and there's like you hear so much publicly about how these guys are like teaching and elevating the players around them and just like that has never been the story for Reckless. Reckless is, and like maybe that's just a part that we haven't seen from him but like that is ne- that's never been a story. He's never been the guy who's like teaching the team how to play the game. He's like the young prodigy who just like kept being good and Mr. Consistent and Mr. Siver and Mr. Like gonna get you the big pentacles and he's always gonna be there and he's gonna do the fist bump thing and look really hot. You know, it's like that's his that's really his, hot. He's gonna get tattoos. Really hot. Yeah. Shout out to Reckless. <laughs> Either way, thanks so much for the call, uh, JNT. I know we kind of took it all over the place, but uh, any quick responses to what we just said? Um, I, I guess the only to maybe to bat for reckless a little bit, I do think I can't remember the exact seasons, but it was like maybe six seasons, seven, seven, eight, nine, where 
you know, there was the Garen Yumi stuff. And then there was when the GLP kind of twin shadows meta with glacial augment was going on. Reckless played like a lot of Karma and Vagar and Morgana, I think it was also some of their bot lane. So I do think that he will be able to pick up the role probably pretty easily. I know he plays a lot of it like in solo queue as well. So, and maybe that's similar with the whole Zven thing is I think it, Zven was known as like a very, uh, he played a lot of like off rolling and when he was, when he was 80 carry. So maybe I this is sort of similar like it's that. It's interesting because he has I think to pitch it'll be pretty himself, interesting. right? Like that, that in every other situation that I can think of or almost any other situation is like, they didn't have to make the case whereas he has to make the case essentially. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you're—I mean—you're completely right. Uh, we're kind of glossing over the fact that he basically got benched in the like Bruiser bot lane meta uh, when there was like Vladimir, whatever Vladimir Pike bot lane, GP Pike bot lane. But like, I agree. He played the Kennen. He he showed us stuff. I think again, he's a really strong individual contributor and always has been, as far as I can see from his career. And the question is like. Support and jungle are roles where it's no longer just about your individual contributions and you need to be doing a lot more for the team because it's just not as simple. Um, it's just like putting your head down and doing your job. Your job is about interacting with your team. And I just want to see if that's something that he's, uh, you know, that he's going to do and that he's going to be able to excel at. Thanks so much, JNT, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? All good. All right. Later. Have a good one. All right, Mark grabbing the next caller right now. Thank you to Hayden Elephant for the Prime. All right, so Shibby is here. Shibby, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Hi, uh, calling from Orange County, California. Specifically Orange? Oh, specifically where? Fullerton, Fullerton. The Fullerton. city's Fullerton. Oh, I thought you were going to be like Planchek, and I was going to be like, damn. <laughs> no, Planchek is in L.A., all right? They don't have No, what County. the thing is, I would be meta if someone called from Planchek and was like, this burger is mid. That's my Oh, my take. God. They would not be saying that <laughs> if they were smart. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Sorry. Anyway, anyway yeah. did not mean to derail you. Yes, Thank you for yes. calling. Shibby, uh, where are you? It's t- why is it getting more expensive? Someone linked it. it was someone linked it. It's $24. Which one is 24 Somebody actually linked no, it? No, yeah, so we have to take calls. <laughs> We're uh, here for the people. Oh, that's like a special. It's not 20. Oh, that was the not a Western burger. Did $24. Oh, dude. they've increased. Inflation's hitting hard. Okay. Uh, Shibby. Shibby. Where? Shibby, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um. So, yeah, I, I was hoping to get brought on first because you guys were already kind of like ranting about it. So, I'm hoping to kind of fire Mark back this, up again. This about Magic uh, Gathering? We uh, no, 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 no. It's about the PCS and VCS regions and how they have been deemed closer in power level to North America and how I actually think it's an appropriate take and not necessarily a hot. Caveat is, though, I do agree that them being ranked higher than Golden Guardians is ab- absolutely criminal. I don't think I think that's kind of dumb. I don't think they're better than Golden Guardians. But the argument is for me is that looking at it like historically and i know kind of mark was like haha best of ones don't really mean anything but if you look at all of the world's results from 2021 2022 2020 2019 like historically na has been very stagnant in their international results similar to how pcs and prior to that lms as a region have been consistently taking games off of korean teams have finished equal if sometimes not better than some of the na teams right na is a region that has had higher resources, has been importing players, whereas PCS and VCS have had their players poached and have still continuously been able to, I would say, improve as a region and kind of take games away from a lot of the better teams. 
as a major region, uh, as a, as NA is a major region, it feels like, yes, we're closer to the other three major regions, but PCS and VCS are much closer to us than we think. And I think the constant disrespect for these regions is eventually going to bite us. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, bite us in the ass, just because of like, we've had two teams now in two years for NA go 06 in groups, right? We've had moments where PSG Talon, uh, Flash Wolves from way back when, like all these teams from PCS and LMS have been like consistently doing pretty good, uh, given the amount of resources and kind of just the players they have. Whereas like NA, we just haven't really moved. I don't know if your your depictions of the PCS success is as fair as I would. I my memory is. I feel like we have different memories of this stuff. I don't know if you have any great examples. Well, so for example, I think like if we want to go a bit more recent, right? Worlds 2021, right? Hundred Thieves ends up going three and three in their group, right? They they don't make it out of groups. Cloud Nine goes two and four in the group of I think what was considered the group of death with Damwon Kia, Rogue, Fun Plus Phoenix, PSG Talon ends up going three and three against Hanwha Life, RNG, and Fnatic. And granted, this was the Fnatic that I believe had the substitute with upset. And Team Liquid ended up going three and three in their group in Group D and not making it out of Worlds groups, right? Um, we've also fielded two teams prior years that have gone 0-6 in groups, which considering, like I said, the amount of resources, the amount of money, the amount of players that we put in to our region, that doesn't accurately reflect like what what's happening to PCS and VCS and how certain players from their organizations and teams are getting poached by so, LPL, right? I think SOFM is probably the most like, famous example for uh, for VCS, uh, where their that player went on to do very great things in the LPL. I want to take a sec to because you're you're conflating two things that I think are are not entirely separate, but it's worth noting that I think should be separated for the point of discussion. If you want to say, if you want to include players who have been poached, spending in a region, etc. I think that's more like, would you consider the region more successful as opposed to like, is the region getting better competitive results? Because like, I don't think that you can factor that into the equation because it's like the LPL won worlds. The LPL also has imported a lot of Korean players since 2014, 2015. You know what I mean? And it's like, do we suddenly take that back? Like, I, I just think, like, those things are separate. And to me, like, don't get me wrong, that is a... When you want to talk about, like, does that make PSG or any team coming from the PCS succeeding that much more impressive? Yes, it does make it more impressive, but it doesn't, like, suddenly change their scoreline, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I align. Like, yeah, you can make the case that, like, NA is... Uh more successful but off the backs of like other regions that they kind of farm including europe and sure korea and these other teams and if like na had the same infrastructure and resources that some of the team uh, regions that they're like quote unquote performing better than they would actually start performing worse if they didn't have the money to go out and get these things or have insane coaching staffs and stuff which is like a totally different argument that i can actually buy into versus saying that they're better than us or can close to us because even on that metric i don't agree they like they haven't like uh yeah you can point to some zero six teams out of na like absolutely we've shit the bed and i i don't disagree with that but like that's also true for plenty of times with like machi esports in 2020 like you're referencing some t- 2020 matches like they went one in five 
<laughs> they were fucking terrible. Like, uh, they went one with Liquid, though. Hey, oh, Liquid went three and three and beat Suning in G2, though. Best of ones. You can just, like, because so many results are, like, so varied across so many years, you can yeah. easily cherry pick bad NA teams and good PCS teams and say, like, see, they're better. But if you just look at, like, win rate, or first seed compared to first seed. Or first seed compared to first seed. Or see how far they've gone in tournaments recently. Like, generally speaking, NA does better than them. And, yeah. like, there was a period of time where, like, I would not have said we were comparable to EU. Because in 2018, 2019, and 2020, EU vastly outperformed us. Yeah. I would actually say in recent years, our win rates at global events and international events are actually quite close. And, like, the difference is that... EU gets marginally further in these tournaments. Like Rogue got out of groups before getting 3 0 Like yeah. NA didn't get out of groups, but like our overall win rate wasn't like super, super. And the little things matter. When they do. You're, that's, when that's you're down here, you know, we're I'm, down I'm here. I'm agreeing because that's what I'm saying. Separates us from yeah, PCS yeah, yeah. and stuff too. But and this is this is the big thing for me is it's like, um, it's important to note that while there have been super high highs for these regions, there's like two things here. It's like one, both these regions are historically super, super top heavy. Like the LMS back in the day. 2015 was one of the best years that they had in terms of team strength, and I think they had two, three teams. Hong AH, Kong, HQ and um, it was two representatives, but I think Hong Kong Esports, I think is, a, is what their name was at the time. I remember watching that team. I actually, thought H- team HKA was, Hong Kong. HKE. No, they were HKE. They became. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I, I had the pleasure of casting. That was one of my first live events. I had casting. I always thought that HKE were the better team. They didn't end up making it, but like you know. No, it became Attitude, but at the time, thing, they yeah. were eSports. It's confusing. That's hard to keep up. Yes, they became Hong Kong Attitude. Um, Derek's team. Whatever, Derek, if Derek's still. Yeah. Oh, and but like, here's my point. Here's my point. It's just like top-heavy. They had some great international success, but this was like one-off flash in the pan. They had a period of do- uh, domination, mostly built around them having uh, one really fantastic team in their region that I think built up the rest of the region. And when the Flash rules kind of broke apart, I think that collapsed for them. And again, the original game when they were Gigabyte Marines, that, that lineup had this really like these really high highs of success um but like haven't hit those same heights yet and so i don't to me i don't think that like you can use those one or two examples of these really high highs to say that like this automatically means that like pcs or vcs should be held closer when those were really to me more the exception than the rule now admittedly lms which turned into PCS had much a much longer track record of success, but followed by now a more comparable track record of kind of like middling results uh, to balance it out. Yeah, I think uh, during those years, 2015 through 2018, I guess you could say with Flash Wolves. I'm not exactly sure when they're like reign of like the Korea killers. Basically, from like Gamania Bear season three before oh, you became all Flash the Wolves, when like, they won Worlds, yeah, and then TPA, for like five baby, years after that, go. before. The LPL figured out they could just buy all of those players. But when they were, they the, were, were really back good. when they were the LMS, they were pretty good. I'll yeah. give the LMS their due. LMS was no fucking joke. Um, they didn't do quite uh, as well oh, as by Worlds. They did have mostly MSI success, which is something I've pointed out in the past as well. It's like it, it wasn't like they were always like crushing Worlds. And I think like um, in recent years, like okay, 2019, Team Liquid made it to MSI finals. You know, like. What I I'd have to check. When is the last time that like the LMS had a significant run or even like made it out of groups? I know they did in 2021 MSI, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, like we did it last year in 2022. You know, so like I, I don't know. It's something that I think like I don't want to say these regions are terrible or anything like that. But if you just look at win rate at international events, I think it's uh, I would say our win rates are closer to Europe than they are to those regions but i could be mistaken it's been a while since i did the math on it but there was a period of time where that was absolutely true 
I think the issue is is that we're also trying to equate NA number one seed to PCS number one seed, which is I was never trying to do that. It was more along the lines of where we have number two, number three seeds coming in, right? And I think the PCS one seed and occasionally the VCS one seed, right? Um, You mentioned like LMS dominance. I think the thing to note is that after 2019, when they did get disbanded, the region of LMS, a lot of the LPL teams started poaching some of the coaches from the LMS region. Sure, sure, but again, we're not. Also, they were poaching way before that. (laughs) They've 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 been stealing, and also like yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if you want to go deep enough, half of the LMS was like an EDG coach pet project in terms of like how many scrims they were running behind. And and again, are you talking about performance or getting poached? Because like I can put on a tinfoil hat and say EU would have won worlds if we didn't take half their fucking players. (laughs) You know, like. That's yeah, not that's a fair fine. Like, argument. It's yeah, it's just not like you have to you have to stop. Like, should the PCS or VCS get more credit because of all of the shit that they've had to go through as regions? Like all of the players that have been taken away, the difficulties or the fact that like maybe there's not uh like the same business level stability for teams or organizations, like sure, but again, like those are not the same discussion and putting them next to each other, I don't think is helpful in trying to actually like answer a question there. League of Legends tournament results are not graded on a curve is the way that I would put it. Like I just don't that's you don't I I I think it is fair to have a conversation of it is sad because these teams could be competitive if these sort of infrastructure issues were not occurring or if this poaching stuff wasn't occurring or whatever. But it's a different conversation than I feel like the one that you're... It's just also, it's just not how you're combining metrics of success, which is like resources used, you know, like the business side of it, I guess you could say to a certain degree, or like what the tools you have to work with. And then you're comparing that to results and you're trying to get this aggregate. And I just think that they're like very separate things. And I think you don't... Nothing like you're making a new category in which these teams are being judged unfairly, but that's just like not the category that people used to judge it's like do you show up at things or not and like that's that's the way that we gauge teams and i think that if we start to go into like how much money is na spending versus how much money is eu spending it doesn't really do anything because at the end of the day you either show up and win or you don't and so it's like it just feels like a kind of a cop-out and it's it's a very real problem for the teams on the business side i get that like this discrepancy in resources and that can be frustrating but like ultimately competition is just about showing up with the tools you have and like doing the best that you can it's not about like shooting your or like saying you you're handicapped from the start the costs are also not the same like it, it you can't compare cost spent in na versus vietnam for instance like it's just a wildly different economy and environment it's just yeah and, and like even the seeding thing which is kind of where you're going it's like it's it's really hard to evaluate like okay they didn't get a third seed but do you really want a third seed like mad lines was the fourth seed from europe and they shat the bed and play and and like that doesn't mean just because you get more seeds. Whereas like okay, C9 was the third seed in 2021. Beyond was the second seed for PCS, if I'm not mistaken. They didn't even get out of play-ins, and C9 made uh, quarterfinals that year. Like you just you just don't know what's going to happen if you just get more seeds. And like yeah, I, w- I would say like look at how far they've gone in recent tournaments, and it, it has not been very impressive for the PCS, unfortunately. Shibby, thanks so much. I wish we had more time to to <laughs> chat with you, but we uh, have to get on to a quick break. Anything that you want to shout out? Um, shout outs to uh, Numi Goes Roars for the gifted sub on, on the channel. Also, shout out to you, Travis. I'm eagerly awaiting Whose League Is It Anyway? The return of that show. Oh so my I god. Deep cuts. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. I'll talk to Shocks and see when we can yeah. do that. Uh, Alex Penn, too. <laughs> He's busy running a league. Uh, anyway, I will catch you later. Thanks, Shibby. Yep. All right. 
Uh, thank you to Warden Winter for 17 months staccato sounds for gifting a sub to Nerf Capitalism. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break right now to talk about Alienware. They've been a fantastic partner. Mark is uh, using them right now. He has to hide their logo whenever he does other podcasts. But, it but feels on this so podcast, good. he's able to. No, now you're kind of covering it because if you don't, I'm rubbing it. It feels uh, really yeah, nice. Don't uh, don't make this weird. Um, yeah, you can see the light peering through. But regardless, this whole show is being produced off of an Alienware computer right here. Let me see if I can get into the shot. Here we go. Uh, and it just actually unplugged, unplugged it. Time yes. to lose frame rate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, notice the frame rate didn't so, drop. So small hotel room. Yeah, frame rate. That's we're not losing. We're difference. not dropping frames. The the GPU doesn't sh- poop its pants. Yeah, yeah. Please keep this PG rated while we're doing our ads. Uh, either way, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring us. They make amazing products. You can go check them out at alienware.com/travis. There is a link in the description if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on Spotify, some of the other podcast platforms. But if not, if you're watching this live right now, I'm looking at you, Twitch chat. Go over to Alienware.com slash Travis. Check out some of their amazing products there. We love Alienware. They do so much for us and uh, appreciate their support of Hotline League. All right. Who wants to bet I have caster cursed NA to lose to... Um, PCS, P- yeah, PSG is going to beat us now that I've said talked this so much. So many shit. times, I think you're forgetting the wonderful opportunity it is for you to cry while screaming Flocka as your team is obliterated. <laughs> as as he flashes the engage and wipes my team in game in game five of a reverse sweep, Flocka. <laughs> Do you guys know casting assignments for the rest of the plays? Uh, I think they exist. Hold on, they're right here. Oh, Mark says, "I think they exist," and then immediately clicks oh, to them. Uh, no, I'm on. I'm not on the. Ca- Wait, is that a cast or is that a desk? That's a desk, I think. No, that's a cast. Yeah. Oh, are. but it's not with you. It's with Quickshot. He won't get it. <laughs> He's an old man. <laughs> uh, I'll still just yell Flocka no matter what. I'll just come on. I'll walk on stage and just start singing. Oh, what is even that song called? Girl, drop it to the floor. <laughs> I love the way you do is it that now. Is the right person? That's yes. Walk a Flock of Flame. It's called No Hands. That's what the song is called. It's the most iconic song. You never forget your high school prom where people are getting in trouble for throwing ass to No Hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know if we're on the next. We're going to request it. You know what? Fuck casting Golden Guardians verse. <laughs> it's what uh, we want. Yeah, we're, we're casting the PSG series. Okay. Anyway. anyway, anyway, you yeah, curse whatever them, yes. the whatever the caster curse comes through, um, we'll I'll be able to make a video for this channel of Mark just all the times he did the high horse thing. All right, we got Dean. Dean is here. Dean, where are you calling from? Dean, you got to unmute. Uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, Hello. my bad. Hi, I've called Sioux Falls, South Dakota. From South Dakota, what do you want to talk about? Oh, on the wait, show? I have family out in Sioux Falls. Shout out Sioux Falls. Yeah. Uh, I just want to talk about uh, the Vulcan move to FlyQuest real quick, um, as it's rumored by uh, LEC Wulu, and how I think that there's a decent chance that it might not immediately make FlyQuest a better team. Woo! Okay, yeah. So, one, I feel good about this because I kept saying that the reason Vulcan was in Berlin was for personal reasons, um, and then everybody's like, he's joining the LEC. And uh, and I was like, okay, this is annoying. But so I'm glad that it's it's not happening. 
And when he signed with Achieve Minds, I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. This is a weird, this would be a very weird time to enter the agency, LEC. LA, LA, European agency, we should say. Yeah, it's a European agency. The guy who runs it used to be Sports Fab, used to be a big sports psychologist um, back on Schalke. I think he has upset under his clientele. They had a strong relationship. And now he's, I don't know, I know nothing about his work, but he represents upset as well. And now he's representing Vulcan. I'm not sure who else he represents. So I was ready, but I was like racking my brains. I was like, where's he going to go? Is he going to replace Limit, maybe? Like, there's not. Most of the teams have pretty solid supports, and while I'd be happy to see Vulcan make his debut in the LEC, I was just like, this does not seem like the right time. If he wanted to come in after our little mini winter split, just abandon his team halfway through, he had oh, he had options. A lot of bad supports. Could have been playing with Reckless. I mean, yeah, I wonder if it was just... I. Well, I'll have to, to try to look into it, because I'm actually very curious... I wonder if it was literally he was just flying into Berlin and the guy's like, this is my chance to lock up an NA talent and just was like, let's go get lunch or something. I don't know. I mean, also, we don't know. He could have been talking to EU teams. He could have been just looking at options and then the FlyQuest one thing happened. You know, I, The FlyQuest thing was, to me, was always very obvious because I was like 90% sure that FlyQuest would make a support change in between spring and summer that seemed like they were kind of all over the place. And then whenever it became obvious that the best support arguably in the league was going to be on the market and FlyQuest is willing to, they're the Ball ones out. that are spending. Yeah. So like that just, I, it seemed like the most logical fit, but I don't know. I actually heard rumor was he was going to come to EU and then he heard reckless swap to support and he was like, shit, there's no more room for me. Mm. Like I can never compete. And then he went back to NA. That's what I heard. Yeah. He probably heard about the food too. He tried some of the food. It was like, I go, I can't do this. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, just in terms of the move, I don't really have too much to say. I think it's a great move for him and hopefully for FlyQuest. I mean, there's a chance that, like, things don't click, but that hasn't really happened yet for him. Even the EG that kind of flopped out in, in this playoffs, like, they should have been a good team. I don't know what went wrong. Dean, you didn't get a chance to explain. Why do you think it's not going to be a success? Yeah, um, so... When the actual take, I mentioned that the two things I think it is is like language. Um, I know that there's a lot of like analysts. I'll say like, you know, League of Legends has its own language. You can communicate in some pretty general terms, but we're still dealing with someone that doesn't really speak much, if any, Korean and someone who doesn't speak like a lot of English. So I think that there's inevitably going to be some kind of. Do we know if any of them speak French? Uh, No idea. Okay. (laughs) Real questions. Just kidding. Yeah, I I will say that the like League of Legends is its own language, blah 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 blah, like that. It's That's works. so bullshit because that, you- it works to like a certain degree, but like look at Vitality, like they were not on the same page. So League of Legends is a language, <laughs> it's just not very. It's kind of like I think a lot equivalent of to like yeah, it's a lot of dialects. It's kind of equivalent to caveman speak. You kind of just scream and you pray that people know. You like say some you say Baron and scream and hope that people understand that that means go on the Baron and not back off the Baron yeah. or play it slow. You yeah. know like. And uh, no disrespect to uh, to Photon or Bo. I'm, they are, like, progressing very quickly, and they're getting better language. But, like, it's just not that simple. And I think bot lane is super nuanced. Like, the bot lanes I know that are good talk about 2v2 all the time. The littlest micro interactions. And I think that, like, while you can definitely do that with a language barrier, you know, I can point at the screen and be, like, simple. Like, even me trying to communicate to a German speaker, like, Gut, schlecht, and I can just say gut or schlecht like a gajillion times until like we're both like think that we understand each other and like we can get there. You know what I mean? But it makes the process much much harder. I I do think that League of Legends is its own language, but like it's like you kind of have to already be speaking the same language. 
because it's like how you see the game which is way more important because someone <laughs> did a good point in twitch chat said tl all korean speakers crazy face emoji and like tl is the epitome of like we all speak the same language but none of us see the game the same way and it's like i would rather have a team that didn't all speak the same language which there are plenty of records of people not speaking like fluently the same language and doing very well like world championship winning teams have been like yeah we just like don't really talk about like we just use simple phrases and scream and it's and it's like well we see the game the same way so it doesn't matter yeah not only that but like the amount of times that i have interviewed players where they're like yeah like the language barrier is a bit of an issue for us like even speaker said that this year like that's why i just think the whole well if you see the game the exact same way already the language barrier doesn't matter if you don't see the game the same way and it's like irreparable like team liquid it doesn't matter that you speak the same language and then in between those two extremes are the thing in the middle which is like maybe you can get on the same page if you can actually communicate and like talk through your ideas and that's where the language barrier becomes an issue because the other two extremes it doesn't matter that there's a language issue or not and then in the middle it's like having less language issues would generally be better i will say prince's english is coming along it's, it's pretty good him and Vicla are like taking serious english lessons like they are trying yeah that's why i'm a little <laughs> less like i think the language stuff is important but i also don't know how much longer it will be important because i think i'm pretty confident that vulcan and prince will be able to figure stuff out pretty quickly i mean i'm also a huge prince fan i was very sad when he went to na and then i was doubly as sad i was first i was sad they didn't qualify to worlds but it did make for a fantastic world story uh, then I was sad that he went to Nick. I was like, oh man, Papa Smithy, what are you doing? Like, this, he's so close. And then they almost won. And I was like, yes, Prince, it's your time. Finally, you will go to an international event. You Aphelios God. One of the greatest, if not the greatest Aphelios in the world. I fucking love Prince. He was very good in the Four Worlds last year. And then, uh, and then it all came crashing down again. So for Prince's sake, please get to Worlds. Vulcan, carry that man. I mean, I think they'll get there. I mean, they would have made it if this event had a third and especially fourth slot for na they would have then that's the really the secret to our region's future success is we just need more darts to throw at the board yeah exactly i mean hey it's, uh, it's not our accuracy or our performance that's the issue we just need more more tries yes exactly that's uh that's what the lcs teams do with their imports okay um i'm, I'm almost done with this call but i want to just quickly hit on some of the other na rumors because i don't think i have calls for them sure um EG go boom, boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about that before. But do you see the rumor that someday's going back to Hundo Thundo? I did not see that one. That was a rumor from today on the, the subreddit. Uh, it seems hella troll to me. Did we say who? I mean, it, it's not that crazy because to think. Because, like, Busio and Tenacity have been the weaker points of... Hundred thieves. I mean, some uh, unless you're a Bjergsen hater, most people think that Bjergsen and Tenacity have been the the. This is oh, this is LEC Wulu. I just wanted to credit them with the the rumor. Um, and so and the other thing is, I think part of the value of Busio and Tenacity, besides the fact that they were exciting up and comers, were if you're spending a bunch of money on Bjergsen and Peter, then you can't keep spending that on some of these other slot like positions but if bjergsen's gone and all the salaries are crashing in the in north america then someday becomes a lot more approachable why do you think it's troll though i'm curious because like what is the future with bringing back someday like to me you're not like you have 100t quid who's supposed to be really good right taking bjergsen's spot if he is somehow actually insano maybe they have a chance to make a deep playoff run but otherwise this doesn't seem like 
And I get it's awkward with Doublelift there with like this young rebuilding project. And I get that Tenacity probably saw like it felt like the way he wanted to play the game and his communication with the rest of the team was like not perfectly aligned. But it just seems to me like you're doing that kind of thing that a lot of teams do where like you're not really a title contender, but you start picking up veterans. It's that old like CLG methodology that you and I talked about forever. Yeah. It's like, are you really realistically, is this roster going to go to the world? like, I'm pretty pessimistic. Okay. So then why did you pick up Sunday again? Yeah, I and I don't want to drag someday because like I haven't watched enough, but like I do think that you really need to you got to kind of pick a lane. Either you're making like either you're building and around young gun talent, you know, and building people up, or you're hiring veterans that you believe can compete at a at an international level or can win you a title. And if you're not, if you're hiring veterans who you don't think just like will win you the split outright, it's like why are you hiring a veteran? Well, okay, counterpoint, Mark. Who are the four teams in North America? That would go before this roster. Yeah, well, so you're assuming we'd be EU in the. Uh... I don't know, but like, I'm I'm gonna count that little match as like worlds essentially. Like we, we send four teams, and one of them can get knocked. And out. one dies before yeah, worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the womb. Yeah, I don't know if you can sell sponsors on your non-worlds womb appearance because I think that's one of the values of. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I'm also just saying that like if you don't actually make it to worlds, I don't think you get to like put that on. Yeah, your... yeah, it's just hard because you have to do this weird calculation where you're All like, right. is All this I'll team say is like a top four North American team and a top three point five EU team? Like it's easier to talk about it as top four than it is to talk about it as like. Oh, I'm just saying like if you don't get to worlds, you didn't get to worlds. So say yeah, like I you're yeah. There, there's a tradition in esports that rose, I think, with T1, where they started putting stars on their jerseys for each of their world championships. G2 couldn't win worlds, so they put a char on their jersey for their MSI victory. So I'm saying you can probably get some womb credit. I'm okay. just saying that, like, the goalposts slide. There are no rules if give, you're sponsored. Give me, give me, give me. <laughs> my, my point is not the credit. It's like, whatever. The viewership who is are, not. My, who are the bold of you to think people are going to be sponsored anymore? Golden Guardians, FlyQuest. <laughs> And C9 are obviously the three teams that I would put currently above them right now. Yeah. Um, I think there are worlds where other teams also make improvements. Um, I think NRG is like a really weird situation where like CLG versus FlyQuest or 100 Thieves was already pretty close. Um, they ended up losing that last best of one to, to get there, but it felt relatively close. And with Bjergsen gone, if Quid's not better, then then why would you suddenly be better than CLG still or NRG nowadays, right? And, like, EG, shit the bed, fair enough. But, like, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, TL. Like, they fired their coach. Maybe they'll do better. They always had a good scrim record. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like these are clear upgrades. Yeah. Like, why would you punt tenacity? Like, if, if you felt very confident, sure, go for it. I do think the world's race is somewhat open. But, the, like, these don't immediately make me think that they're in, in contention for it. And you did that whole video with tenacity, and now it's just going to waste. Dude, this is the classic problem. Yeah. Losing, <laughs> losing a slot to an import player. Uh, <laughs> All, All right, right, get me out of this call, yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm so depressed. <laughs> thank, you so, thank you so much, Dean, for the call. Mark's taking an issue with the conversation. Not you, don't worry. Uh, anything you want to shout out, Dean? Yeah, uh, two shots I want to make. One is to Alienware for making banger products and for sponsoring one of my favorite content creators. That's pretty awesome. Um, the other one is the best anime of the season, Oshinoko. If you're not watching it, you're missing out on the best thing of all time. I and I hate you. What's the what's the what's the American white people last name for this show? Uh, uh, my star, and it's dog ass. If you call it that, then you deserve to rot. It's okay. about idols or something. Yeah, okay. it's uh, I, so idols, it's not haha. Blue Lock because G two boys are trying to sell me on Blue Lock. Blue Lock sucks. Don't watch Blue Lock. 
Watch Oshinoko if you want to actually watch a really good show. Wow, just you guys should just do a podcast Luka. about anime. I can just okay, go Travis, we can play Magic so when this is deep. over. You call this, this is this is the we'll Travis equivalent of like I've been talking about Magic straight right. for thirty straight days, and you mentioned another interest. It's equivalent. Up. It's equivalent. Luca Super Tramp, thank you for the prime. Uh, I have Elvis Four. Thank you for the fifty-six the months. Xander Gage and Staccato Sounds. Thank you everybody for the subs. Uh, where are we at? We got the next caller, which is. Ayo, hey, is that how you say it? Ayo, hey, yeah, that's how I usually say it. Okay, great. Please where you just call me Sean? It's fine. Sean, where are you calling from? Uh, Honolulu. Honolulu, nice. Damn. Uh, what time is it there? Yeah, it's a uh, eleven. Okay, or, that's not too uh, noon. Yeah. Uh, nice. Well, I'm jealous. Uh, I definitely like Honolulu more than I like London. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I just said that, you know, I like the improvements to the MSI format, the best of three double limb kind of thing, but I still just hate how minor regions are just there to get stomped and they're not actually playing each other at all to kind of showcase who they are, what kind of team they are. So are you saying you, you feel like it's too stompy stompless. right now? I mean, there's there's three slots you got to play in. So there's three major region teams in there. And if all three major region teams just get out, by stomping minor regions like what did we actually accomplish what did we see from these teams why are they here I, well okay counterpoint if we send one of them up to the the next stage don't they just get stomped there and then what did we accomplish i mean that's true but it, um i ended up thinking like you could just expand the bracket get a little bit a couple more seeds in there have a, a bigger play-in with your major regions at the top, and they can get stumped there or whatever. I, so before we go there, because whenever – we always have this conversation once a year because formats are annoying because on paper you should just be able to have a discussion and say this is the coolest format I can think competitively, but it's a business, and so there's extra days, and how do, how do we fit that all in? So what I'll say is that like before we had this, before we had play-ins as it's structured now, we had international wild card qualifiers which were all the minor regions playing against each other for a shot to just play in the main event um and those teams usually did get stomped but they did get to play a lot more against regions of uh comparable skill i think you get to say and so for me like i'm with you that i don't know if this is like what cb law fans want it's not really for me to say if cb law fans are like hell yeah we just want a chance to play against faker if i make him bleed like we did it like i don't know like maybe that's what they're gunning for or in this case yagao maybe they're really like happy they made you gal bleed i don't know um you little things you got to celebrate did you kill faker like i fanatic in 2015 was like remember when feb and solo killed faker eu fans like coped on that for so long we held on to that it was a good time so uh, anyway don't know what like i don't know what's good for the minor regions because apparently international wildcard qualifiers wasn't what was wanted and now we have an alternative form where they a lot they get to play against a lot more uh higher caliber teams but they spend less time and at parity with their opposition. I don't know what's better. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the the problem with the old tournaments was twofold. One, the teams and regions didn't like it because it felt like they were put in like, the kiddie pool before they were allowed to like swim with yeah. the, the big dogs, and it just felt bad for them. And the other problem was viewership. Like, um, I think CBLOL has grown significantly and could carry a lot of viewership in a minor region tournament if one existed nowadays compared to back then. Um, but the problem back then was that there just wasn't viewership for the tournament. So you insert some of the bigger regions into these these tournaments, and suddenly the viewership got a lot better, and it became easier to like sell the sponsors and all this kind of stuff. So I think having the major regions here is is a good thing. And I think um, I like the idea of give a minor region team a battle against a major region team right away. They probably lose and get stomped. Then they start playing the other teams around their skill level, which is what's going to be tomorrow and the day after that. 
and then they get one final shot against one of the other major region teams. Like I think this is yeah. actually a good format. It's just the first day will be hella stompy if you do minor region versus major. I think that's a super good point because I think that like I get the angle that you're coming from. Um, but I think Mark's point is really good in the sense that, yeah, we, we haven't finished this section of the tournament. And as Mark's highlighting, we haven't even seen the part where like you regions on a more with more parity get to play against each other. Yeah. But this these first few days do kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth. You're like, is anyone from your region having fun just getting obliterated? Is this is this what does it for you as a region? Yeah. It's like four straight stomps in a row, two oh, two oh, two oh, two oh. And so like I get why it felt bad. Even for my major reasons, be like, all right, I guess you know, watch my team do that. Cool. But um I do think Hopefully these next couple of days are better, and at the end of the playing stage, we still feel this way. Then it's probably worth reevaluating. Yeah, I think my, my the lesson I've learned with looking at formats is you. It's really easy to feel have a very strong opinion early on, because sometimes like we've definitely had form, formats for international events where I've looked at it and I've been like, oh, this was amazing, and then the next week sucks, and you're like, this was terrible, and yeah. then, or vice versa. And just to give an example of that, LEC's format, when we first announced it, we thought it was like the greatest thing we were ever going to experience. Only and I, Mark and I were critics, by the way. And I still really love our new format, but now that we've lived in it and we're continuing to experience it, and I'll wait to the end of the year to have like a more concrete opinion on how I feel about it, there are trade-offs. Like, teams talk about it already. Like, the schedule is much more grueling. Like, it's not as simple as just like pure big upgrade you know it's some stuff you don't really know until you've gone through at least one full cycle of a format before you're gonna like really be able to have an opinion uh where mark is trolling the uh tracy who runs golden guardians uh up because he wants to come on the show and i will tell him what he said to me because earlier today i said tracy you're not out here in london for your team and he said it was too short notice and so that's what i'll say to you right now tracy We'd love to have you on the show, but it was too short notice. We'll make you we'll make you a deal. Instead of getting you, next episode we'll get an arrow, but only if you give him six beers before he comes on. I'll tell you what I said in Discord. I said no more callish and I and he said confirm Mark Tate GG and I said make main stage and you get on. Winners get showtime. If you had beat BLG today, you'd be on. So you know what? Only winners come on this this podcast. And that's why all three of us are on it. Yep. The biggest Big winners. winners <laughs> the, the biggest fizz. winners of all. <laughs> you know why? Oh. Magic the Gap. Ayo, <laughs> hey. Thank you so much for the call, Sean. Thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah. Unban Mox Opal. Unban Mox Opal. Wow. We get another Magic the Gathering after this. Horrible take, but respectable. Reference. Respectable. Thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. Mark, listen, you followed but, me with Genshin, or we, we went in together, and then both everything was about Genshin. You just failed to make the jump this time, and this is now how you have to suffer. I don't think just because I had one mutual interest with you that like I have to have all the same <laughs> or suffer you talking about Genshin. Well, the podcast has to suffer, surely. I, I do not talk about physics nearly as much as you talk about magic, and we probably watch equal amounts of content about both. I could talk about bouldering. You want to talk about bouldering? <laughs> no, that's my point. Knights. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Where are you calling from, Knights? Uh, calling from Iowa. Iowa. What are you calling on? A Nokia phone? Let's try OnePlus. Don't say OnePlus because you're going to get Travis uh, in trouble. <laughs> say say something else. calling, unfortunately, from my car because I didn't make it to the gym fast enough. Yeah, I, I figured. Uh, all right. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I'm here to talk about how Dracos is the greatest NA caster outside of NA. 
What? Wait, okay. What are in all the or all esports? Yeah, I was gonna say there's like three of us. I'm beating Wolf and Valdez. Yeah. Well, you're also beating Ender, right? Sick. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. Especially yeah. on wardrobe yeah. alone. Get fucked, Ender. <laughs> Okay, go ahead and elaborate yeah. a little bit more. Oh, I'm, Lyric, but he's like, I don't need. Where does Lyric I'm live just saying, right now? I'll take it. I appreciate the sentiment, regardless of if how big of an achievement it is. I'll take that. Thank you. Knights, uh, I mean, I would argue that you're better than some of the NA casters in NA, too, but I just wasn't going to play. What, okay, so what, uh, go, what? It wouldn't be a caster appreciation thread if we didn't just shit on everybody <laughs> else. So give, us, give, us the full, give us the full tier list. You can only say you like me uh, by saying who no, you hate. No, no, no. No, no tier list. No tier list. Let's not be beat. Uh, what, okay, go ahead and elaborate on this because you, you wanted to call in and say this. Do you have some sort of explanation? I'm very flattered regardless. Why this why is, is good? Yeah. Why is it good? Because I don't see uh, it. Sell I me am, on it. My explanation is my explanation is that he has really good narratives and has a generally enjoyable cast even if games are boring because he's casted some pretty boring games and made them enjoyable. As well, the LAC just does that better on the whole than most other regions. Um, and he's not biased on like his LCK cohorts who really like one very specific team, though it could just be for their own personal health. Yeah, no, exactly. I was going to say because they don't want the trucks out in front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he does a much better job than other people. Thank you. Uh, I will take that as, yeah, that's, it looks that's like sweet. He tries really hard and enjoys his job. Mark, rebuttal? <laughs> I find him quite dry and boring, actually. Uh, he gets lost in the sauce, just starts saying random things. He starts saying walk of yeah, flame. Yeah. Starts quoting rappers who were popular in like the early 2010s. Yeah, middle school dances. and like As high school. A lot of, a lot I, of ma- I also... From the window to the wall. To the wall. A lot of Magic the Gathering uh, conversation. But I appreciate that. Thank you. It's, it's nice to hear that and hear that directly from you. Um, I think that as casters, we are very prone to negativity bias so it's always nice to hear someone just say something nice so thank you yeah but that then you'll somebody else will call it next time that we have a different caster on and they'll be like uh vedius is so much better than all those other lec casters the rest of them are just confused and seem yeah. like they're disoriented like people like who they like i don't know man yeah, but i think just, that like can never only better when medic there as well <laughs> very good it's medic. the medi medi combo that makes them the best gotcha gotcha okay so now now he's no longer the best Oh, I guess you were never the best. You were the just best. No, I was the best American. I was I was the best under a limited circumstance. Best yeah. American outside of America. So you could still be, other than Ender, you still could be the worst LEC caster by this metric. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's an open thank you. I'm going to take it as a compliment regardless. I'll take what I, I can get. I wasn't here to shit on everybody, Travis. You don't have to make it that. Yeah, I'm but he did. To. He did. Uh, all right. He's ready. <laughs> Knights, thank you so much for calling. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, I'm going to shout out my gym for letting me use their Wi-Fi finally. Uh, nice. And then I'm going to also shout out Blue Lock because some DGen said it was a bad anime. Some DGen. Nice. Very, Get him. Thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you <laughs> Hotline later. League MMA caller versus caller. When do we get it? <laughs> we got we got strong opinions on the show. I appreciate it when people are like you're a DGen fucking idiot. No, you suck. Your taste in food's terrible. Like, no, this culture, is good. We, we we made a good culture yeah. here. You have to be respectful about. Uh, League of Legends and anything like a, that's a sensitive social topic, but anything else you could just be <laughs> angry and mean about. Movie yeah. takes, yeah. shows, books. Yeah. 
uh, music, anything like that, food. And if this was an anime podcast, you could just be roasting League of Legends yes. right now. <laughs> yeah. If we made this a Magic the Gathering podcast, then you could be very mean about that as well. Yeah. Wait, I have a question about that. Uh, has Dracos, because I was just thinking about this, did Mark independently complain to you about how much I talk about Magic the Gathering? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I brought up the fact that I had brought decks because, again, there's a person on the one of our video teams who's like getting more into Magic and his yeah. friends are like super degenerate tryhards. So we were going to play a bit while he was here. And to be fair, I didn't say Travis sucks. I said, oh, Travis actually plays a lot too. You should play with Travis while oh, he's here. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Thank Travis you. plays a lot. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I saw on his story. And, and, then, and then he elaborated, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, he won't shut up about it. He literally can't. Like, it's just Magic the Gathering okay. all the time. This is good context because. I just, you never know, you know, Mark, Mark says a lot of very mean things when I'm around and I just need to know if he's saying those mean things about me whenever oh, I'm not I think around. Mark is a man of strong character, which means he will only roast someone if they're in the room. If yes. they're not in the room, he will very much be like, you know, I think maybe there was some questionable decisions in the amount of times that I mean, Travis brought up You haven't heard the things that he said about all the LEC casters uh, whenever you guys aren't in the room. Whenever he's at my apartment, he's just... That's, I, yeah. Well, to be fair... <laughs> What are we doing? Yeah. You know? <laughs> what are we? What are we doing? Great response. All right. Uh, so let's let's do a round of shout outs, plugs. Mark, what do you want to shout out, plug, and say here at the end? Uh, shout out Dracos for casting with me today. It was sick. Uh, shout out Munchables for casting with me on day one. It was sick. Shout out to Lore for hosting the desk yesterday and tomorrow with me. That was sick and will be sick. Uh, shout out everyone I work with for being sick and Travis for literally being sick yesterday. Damn, six a six year word. Yeah. yeah, I double down on the shout out to Lore. Uh, I think it's always difficult to like debut an international like this, and I think Lore's been killing it. And I think that um, you know, with a lot of the like the dash controversy going on, I think that like Lore kind of gets caught in the crossfire, even though that has nothing to do with her. So I just want to make sure that she gets love because uh, she absolutely deserves it. She's absolutely killing it. Yinsu as well. She's going to get that love anyway because that Ben interview was sick. But, like, she came back from the interview and listed, like, 30 things she could have done better. So I just want to make sure that – she probably won't hear this, but, like, she absolutely killed it. Oh, she listens to Hotline, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe she wa hours. watches all the time. Right sick as hell. Yeah. Um, sick. <laughs> peep my Spotify. Play my music. I need my 10 cents or less than Where's a penny. Where's your Spotify? Per it's Spotify Dracos. Okay. It's a picture of me shirtless in a bathtub full of candy. You yeah. can not you can miss it, but please just go stream my, bump my shit. And they don't sponsor global events anymore or do a show with me. So that's pure promotion for Yeah. Shout out Alienware and OnePlus. Yeah, thank you. Shout out to Alienware and OnePlus. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. Um, I want to shout out... Uh, there was a lovely person who I was in the chat. I think I saw them earlier who, while I was feeling really terrible yesterday, I just got a random PayPal donation of a hundred dollars and wow. I emailed the person's email and was like, Hey, did you mean to send this? Cause it's just like, I don't normally get a hundred dollars randomly sent to me. And they're like, yeah, you were feeling shitty. And so I decided to do that. I was like, wow, that was very nice. Um, but also thank you so much, Drake. Cause it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank and you. it's really fun that you were willing to sit on that shitty stool for the it's last two hours. It's actually not the stool. It's this the fact that I'm on a fucking corner of wall. So yeah. just like half of my back is supported. But it's I'm not sorry. your fault. This is poor, my questionable hotel room design. Hurts and I would like to end the show. That's the show, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, probably middle Hemorrhoid of the day, cushion America. for Mark, you Time old man. To do yes. Hotline League. Goodbye. <laughs>